Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Gentlemen, you are now in the zone. I'm your host, Kevin Owens. With me, as always, the NBA extraordinaire mind, Mike Gould. Mike, Heat, Pacers, Game 7. What do you think? Um, Man, you're hitting me with that one right off the bat. Oh, I'm hitting you right off the bat. I'm. My heart is saying Pacers, but my head is telling me the Heat win by double digits. Wow. In Miami. Yeah, it's in Miami. And the biggest thing, I think, is LeBron's legacy is on the line. Not Dwayne Wade, not anyone else's. LeBron's legacy is on the line. And I think he's going to do whatever it takes to get the win, whether it means he drops 35, 40, triple-double. His legacy is on the line, and I think he knows that, and I don't think he's going to let this one slip away. We'll see tonight at 8.30. You can uh, keep tuning in, 8.30. We got the uh, Pacers Heat in Miami, Game 7. Show is brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. Just a foam call away, 888-458-2928. Also by Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs, 856-424-8866. And Integrated Play. Go see Renee Shaw. If you're a professional athlete looking to transition into a career, go see Renee, 269-760-3857. Our call-in number tonight, 347-215-8126. Follow us on Twitter at TheMatchUpZone, on Facebook, TheMatchUpZone, and by email, TheMatchUpZone at gmail.com. And going live this week, www.TheMatchUpZone.com. Go see pictures of the studio. Go see pictures of us. We'll be doing live feeds. The show will be, everything that will be on the show will be, on that website, we'll have live feeds to our shows. You can catch our show live there. It is going live this week, www.thematchupzone.com. If you have a question, info at thematchupzone.com. Now, tonight we have a great show. We have a very, very exciting show. I think it's an issue that uh, a lot of people are, don't, like to, don't like to talk about. They like to dance around it. But it's definitely something that's there. Uh, we're going to talk about race and sports. We have with us today uh, our good friend Dave Allen, who will be joining us to talk a little bit about uh, racism in sports and, you know, if it still exists, some of the things that uh, that go on in terms of, uh, you know, dividing a sport and dividing people, dividing fan base by race. So that's going to be interesting. We're going to have Paul Shirley. Paul Shirley is the author of the book, Can I Keep My Jersey? Paul Shirley played 
for the Phoenix Suns, started a blog and wrote for ESPN for a while and went and played overseas. The book is very, very good. Can I keep my jersey? It's a great, great uh, book. If you're into overseas basketball, if you're into kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff of the NBA, terrific writer, still writes for uh, Cartel Magazine, which is his own. Uh, just a terrific, terrific writer and a uh, great ball player, too. He will be joining us tonight to talk a little bit about uh, both our subjects. Uh, we're also going to talk about, you know, Mike, Jason Kidd, Grant Hill, both retiring, Hall of Famers. Yes. Jason, wow. Jason Kidd as Grant Hill is not. Okay. In my opinion. That's in my opinion. I I just think that he was a role player for a lot of years. That He, he was a, he was a star for about six years, but I think he was a role player for three or four years. To me, like, when you talk about him, the Hall of Famer, it's the best of the best. And I, I think it's not the Hall of Very Good. I mean, and I know everyone's going to say, well, college, you won two national championships. I think more should be predicated on your, your pro work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah. And to me, when I think of Grand Hill, I think Very Good, but I don't think Hall of Fame. Um, Jason, now, Jason Kidd, you know, and I looked up some of Grand Hill's numbers. He was a seven-time All-Star. He was All-NBA first team one time. Now, to me, you're All-NBA first team one time. You didn't. You, you weren't a top guy in the NBA for the for the for the years that he was in the league. Uh, you know, I, I broke down. I, I uh, a couple surefire Hall of Famers: Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, and Jason Kidd. I actually did this earlier today before Jason Kidd retired. Um, but here, here's Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. 15-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA first team. Tim Duncan, 15-time All-Star, 10-time first team All-NBA. Kobe, 15-time All-Star, 11-time All-First team NBA. Dirk Nowitzki, 11-time All-Star, five-time NBA first team. I, I just think that to be an NBA first team performer, you have to be mm-hmm. one of the top guys in the league. Absolutely. And it was only that for one year. And I was kind of thinking and thinking, he's Grand Hill Hall of Famer. And if you have to think, he's not. And yeah. It, you know, and and I wanted to think first before I looked at the numbers because sometimes the numbers can be can skew things. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, and and in my head I'm going, no, he's not a Hall of Famer because I'm thinking too much for reasons to for him to be a Hall of Famer. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now Jason Kidd, right away, Hall, in my in my mind, before you look at any numbers, Hall of Famer. Um, so there there was a piece on um, Allen Iverson. Now out out of these guys, Allen Iverson. Rasheed Wallace, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, and Grand Hill. Um, they were debating, you know, are, the, are these guys Hall of Famers? Iverson, yes. Iverson, yes. Iverson, yes. The rest, no. Um, Iverson, Iverson, uh, Iverson, hundred percent, hundred percent, Iverson. Right. Rasheed Wallace, n- no way. Vince Carter, no. He was kind yeah. of a guy that left you wanting more. Yeah. Tracy McGrady just hurt way too hurt, much. His, the end of his career hurt him a lot. And it was career. Now he was on pace. Oh, he was. He was on pace. His, the beginning of his career, he was definitely on pace. I always think of Vince Carter. I always think of Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, and Steve Francis kind of in the same sentence. They were kind of great players, but they didn't help you win. See, I'm gonna put. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and put Vince Carter at the top of that list, and here's why. That Toronto team i know he had mo peterson but they were not a very talented team and they were in the eastern Con- i mean they're they were a tough tough team and if the sixers kind of went through and gave them a run i mean they were they were a good team but i wouldn't say they were a great team but i think vince carter at that point was the kind of player that took over and was 
the guy who right. was able to did, was able to win a game did by you ever, himself. Did you ever think of Vince Carter being one of the top guys in the NBA? I think it's exciting. I think. Uh, well, I, 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 I mean, Jay, Jay, the white chocolate's exciting too. During, not gonna be during that two, during during that late nineties, early two thousands, I would say he, yeah, he would he would probably probably be a uh, top ten player in the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think the okay. I did this, and Coach Allen probably remembers this guy probably a little bit better than we do, um, Bernard King. Now, Bernard King is not in the Hall of Fame. His career numbers. Now, now Grand Hill averaged 13.4 points per game, six rebounds per game, and four assists per game. Great college player. Bernard King, 23 points per game, six rebounds, three and a half assists a game. Five-time All-Star, two-time first-team All-NBA. I mean, he could score with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Coach Allen? I think he's going in this year. Can we check that? I think uh, Bernard King's going in this year. He's a great player. Bernard's going in this year? I think he's going in with Rick Pitino in that class of uh, 2013, correct? Let's get, let's get Zeke, Zeke on that. Zeke's on it. But I, you know, I echo the, I echo the sentiment, sentiment, sentiments of uh, what you just said, Mike. Um, uh, Bernard King is – Bernard King was a far better player than – um, Vince Carter and Vince Carter was excited. Well, what King was great. I, I I can't believe it took this what, long for him to go to what, the NBA. What about Grant Hill? Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I agree with you. Grant Hill's a very good player, but you know we you, there has to be a differentiation between right. very good and great and exceptional. Mm-hmm. That's what the NBA right. is. Yeah, I mean when you think of guys like Charles Barkley and and guys like that, like right away Hall of Famer. When if you. I don't know. I just don't get the feel that Vin, that Vince Carter or Grant Hill were ever good enough or weren't now, the Hall of Fame status. Now let me throw another name out out there, and you might immediately brush it off. Ron Artest. No, seriously? What? You look at look, is Dennis Rodman? Yeah, but Dennis Rodman. Okay. Wait, wait. But you yes, can't. I don't but think listen, you can put Dennis. Hold on. You, you have to. Hold on. <laughs> to no. put, wait a second. Ron Artest and Dennis Rodman, I feel well, like, are in the same they're, ballpark. They're in the same ballpark in terms of attitude and kind of their characteristics. But Dennis Rodman was the best in the league at rebounding and defense for for eight years of the NBA. What's Ron Artest ever been the best at? Def- the playing your best player one on one. I guess, but look at his. Ch- I mean, he's. Look at it. I don't know. You, to me, Ron Artest is not. I mean, you know, Zeke. I just looked up the stats. Dennis Rodman averaged 13.1 rebounds a game for his career. Ron Artest only averages 12 points for his career, so it's really not close. Right. I mean, I mean, Dennis Rodman was a great, world piece. Dennis right. Dennis Rodman was a very smart basketball player too. He was a good player, um, and and he's just a great rebounder. He knew how to get under your skin. He he made the correct passes at the right times in the game. Um, no, I don't think Dennis Rodman. Ron Artest is a role player. If any role player is getting in the Hall of Fame, it better be Robert Ory, walking around with seven rings. Well, he, yeah, he has seven rings, and he's hit some big shots. But I mean, in terms of, in ter- the Lakers aren't the. I think Ron Artest is is probably one of the best defenders. He is. All right, let me ask you this: what What in your mind get like? What's your criteria for the Hall of Fame? You have to be you. You because, have to, you have to be the best. Okay. At a certain thing, okay. I think Ron Artest was one of the best ball defenders in history. I mean, he's he was physical, he was tough, and he he, would, he had the attitude that he was not going to let you score. And it's, we can't take. I mean, obviously, Rodman was rebounding. Rodman was six ten. Artest is six six. So I mean, we're going to talk right. about rebounds, but you have to give credit 
when just because there's no stats for no. locking down the best player in the opposite team, which he's done numerous times, and no, you know, Joe, it slows Joe, down. Joe Dumars was one of the best. Is Joe Dumars in the Hall of Fame coach? Yes. Okay, Joe's in the Hall of Fame. But he was also a very good offensive player. Joe Dumars was a well-rounded player. Um, the thing that's tough with basketball in the Hall of Fame, baseball you have numbers, you know, five, you know, the milestones, 500 home runs and 3,000 hits and 3,000 strikeouts and things like that, 300 wins. They get you in the Hall of Fame. But basketball, there's no set numbers you have to achieve. So it's kind of like Paul Pierce is a Hall of Famer. Um, did he dominate? For his, did he dominate the game um, during his era? He, I don't know if he dominated. He was a very good player, but he's he, he stu- you know he's been around for a while. He's been very consistent and he's achieved a lot of great numbers because he's been so good for so long. And I think that's what you have to be. I think you have to be like in baseball. They're talking about Jimmy Rollins. To me, he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't. He wasn't. Was he? The, he didn't dominate his position for ten years, which I think is something around what you have to do to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, a guy like a guy like Dominique Wilkins, he, he you know he dominated for a long time. Um, I, I just don't think I don't think Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, or Vince Carter should get in. Now that doesn't mean they won't. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. We'll see. There's there's a lot of those fringe players out there. Uh, you you never know who's. I mean, and the the thing is too. Well, well here you go, Kev. There's well, it's it's the system's not exactly foolproof. I mean, we looked at Sha- uh, Shaq had the chance to win the MVP voting. I mean, the Hall of Fame it's it's done by by writers. Like people, those, those people who are picking are also picking the MVP every year. You're gonna get a jackass out there who's like the guy this year from Boston who who just picks Carmelo Anthony just to pick him. And he's going to sit there and back up his game, but he wants, everyone deep down wants that recognition. That guy wanted the recognition because he want, he immediately put his name out there. Hey, I'm the guy who voted for Carmelo because he wanted that 15 minutes of fame. He got it, but it was at the expense of, of, of NBA history in the first pure 100% voted MVP. He, he throws it away. Shaq had the same thing. A guy votes for, I forget even who, who they voted for, but it's like those are the people making the, the, the decision, so it's going to be flawed. Yeah, it, it is. And I always go back to Aaron Seale. He got a vote for the Hall of Fame last year. Oh. I mean, he was an average pitcher for the White Sox, and he got a Hall of Fame vote. I, I don't like the rule that you can be on the – how many times can you be on the Hall of Fame in baseball? What, how, many, how many years? Five or Five? Fifteen? Or is it coach, – coach, coach, how long can you be on the Hall of Fame voting for, for baseball? 15 years or something. Yeah, then you go to the Veterans Committee. Yeah. I mean, if you can't get in in the first couple of years, are you really a Hall of Famer? Like, Burt Blyleman had to wait almost 15 years to get in the Hall of Fame. Well, the problem I am, I'm just listening to you, the problem that I have with the Hall of Fame is you start, I don't think you can, I think you said it best, uh, I'm like, what's, what's, what's your criteria for the Hall of Fame? I don't think you can start comparing players who are in the Hall of Fame, that's where the problem starts to happen. Because you can't take a guy like Roy Halladay and start comparing him to a guy who played in 1980 when the game was very different. It's the same thing when you can't compare Ron Artest, to me, to, to a, a, a player. Um, so you have, to, you, have to be, you have to judge it on the error. That's important. To judge it on the error uh, and not judge it on other errors. Right, yeah. I mean, I think in baseball especially, you have to dominate your position. Like, you have to be the best at your position, I think, for a good number of your career. 
Well, if you look at it, look at look at Roy Halliday. Okay, what does he have? Two hundred fifteen wins. No, not many, right over two hundred. Just hovering around so two hundred. Two hundred one. Guys from the eighties. You know, he's clearly a dominant pitcher. What do you want? Two two Cy Youngs. Pitch a no hitter. Mm-hmm. Pitch a perfect game. To me, he's a he should be a Hall of Famer. But if you compare him to somebody from the nineteen eighties, his his numbers don't measure well, up. Well, why don't they? Well, because the game's different. It's a very different game now. Just the same way as quarterbacks. If you look at a quarterback from 1970, compare them to a quarter. The quarterback numbers now. Well, yeah, because you can't, you can't, you can't bump the receivers, the line screen, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a change of the game. So I think it's it's when we start comparing players to other eras and and excluding them or including them, I, I think is is wrong. Like Ray Allen's another one. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. He wins. He wins another championship this year. Yeah. What's yeah, that? But, well, but, many, but is he the focal point of the championship, though? No, but he's. The, I mean, if if we're gonna put Robert Ory in, no, 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 we're not putting Robert Ory. Right, we're not putting Robert Ory. Ray Allen, yes, I think he's. I think he. I, mean, uh, I think he gets in. I but, think he's. I think he's in. Just be and see. I don't. Sh- in terms of the the error, Reggie Miller was the best shooter of an error. He was. Ray Allen Reggie, is but, the best Reggie, shooter of an error. But but Reggie Miller was also a great player. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, Ron, Ronnie Allen's a, a, I mean, obviously a terrific shooter, but what else does Ray Allen really bring to the table? Yeah, but think about how good the Bucks were when he, it was just him. I mean, obviously he went to the Celtics and became, you know, Ray Allen. But when he was with the when he was with the Bucks, the Bucks were relevant, and the the Bucks are never relevant. He made the Bucks relevant. He made a, a terrible team relevant. It's like Iverson. Iverson made a terrible team relevant. Championships, you're in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's, he, in in my in my opinion, I think he's probably going to get in before Iverson, just because who, who? Ray Allen. Because, no, no way. Because he's got he's got he's got championships. I don't I don't care. I don't. But champion, champion, he's got championships, but he wasn't the focal. Like he also has a bank account. He does have a bank account, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had no bank account for a long time. He's still the all-time leading scorer. I mean. I, no, Allen Iverson gets in on the first ballot. If they, if it, if Allen Iverson doesn't now, get in the first ballot, okay, does, then travesty. Does Ray Allen get in on the first ballot? Probably. Yeah. I'm just saying to me, like this is just me. Like it's it's me. He's going to get in. Mm-hmm. But to me, like you're a great shooter. And now, was he the best shooter of all time, or does no, he make the most threes? But he's the best. He's the he's one of the best shooters of all time, and he's the best of this era. I think you have to look at that when when you talk about errors, it's people. I mean, you look at when we were growing up, it's Barkley. We talked about Jordan, Barkley, Bird, Magic. Those guys are all Hall of Famers. Now it's the next era. It's like, so who's going to be in the Hall of Fame of this era? I mean, and there's the, there's the there's the time, you know, you have the Iversons and that era, but Ray Allen was during that time, and Ray Allen has continued to play. And who knows, Ray Allen might, at the end of the season, if he wins a championship, he might be joining the little Congo line of people that are retiring, hanging up their shoes. He he may, but I don't think his him winning a championship. I don't think if Ray Allen wins a championship, that kind of puts perspective on his career. That those are for the top guys like Bird, Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. I don't think. I mean, if Jason Kidd won four championships. Oh yeah, he's. You, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm just I just think that Ray Allen is a great shooter, but what else does he really bring to the table? Yeah, but we're we're looking at him. It's 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 the same thing. We can't look at a, what he's doing now because he's a role player, and he was he was a role player with the Celtics. But his early years with the Celtics and when he was with the Bucks, that's that's when he was in his prime. That's oh, when my my whole thing is it's the Hall of Fame, like Garnett, 
guys like that, they, they, they're in, no doubt. But it's not the Hall of Verdict. I'm still mad Gary Carter's in the Hall of Fame. I'm still mad because I go back and look at his numbers, and he was his numbers were average. But that's what the people remember winners, and that's he won thing. one. He won one World Series. Yeah, but he was always in the All Star game. How, what's what's Ray Allen's All Star? Well, he was he's been to he's been to ten All Stars. Ten All Stars. I, I I I'm hearing. I think Ray Allen's a guy who's close. Uh huh. When I, when I think of Ray Allen, I think Hall of Famer. Yeah. Just because it's because Dick Stockton and those guys put in your head because every year the big oh, three, the Hall, they're surefire Hall of Famers. Could be. Well, I, I was listening to the radio today. Uh, I heard about Chris Bosh. Uh, we run on. We run on today. Somebody <laughs> it was the podcast. I, well, they said Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer. There's no, wow. I, no way. Like when I look at Chris Bosh, I don't see Hall of Famer. When I see Ray Allen, I think it's consistent, excellent over an extended period of time. I've seen that with him. Um, the criterion of championship doesn't really hold the same amount of weight with me because it depends on your team and your coach. Ray Allen's a Hall of Famer to me. Yeah, but but it does, it, but it does. Like when you're talking about LeBron, if LeBron retires, like LeBron is vying for the best player of all time. Okay, if he retires with one or two championships, there's no way people say he's the best player of all time. If he retires with five, six, seven, now people are saying he's the best player. Like tonight, I like ten, to, I think it's hard to gauge who who. Yeah, but but other than other than the quarterback, NBA is the most important. That they put the most stock in in players, superstars winning championships. It's like quarterbacks in football. And why? I, why? I don't understand why that is. Though. Uh, so I, I I don't have the answer, but it is the way that that is so the way that. Validate. I, I had to be validated that LeBron James is a great player because he won a championship last year. No, He's no, no, yeah, no, no. You don't have to validate. No, no, no. Not because you know Valdez is a great player because he won a championship. We're talking about the end of his career if he's the best of all time. By the end of the, his career, is he going to be the best of all time? He's got to win five championships. He's uh, it's it's I mean you 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 present listen, a good listen, point. Listen, you have to for me to be the best of all time basketball. Minimum minimum three champ minimum two to three championships. Gets you at the table. Well, you, so Roy, so uh, Robert Roy is at the table. I'm talking great players. No, 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 I know what you're saying no. He's not. He's not at the table. He's not at the table. Derek Fisher's not at the table. He's he's at the little kid table. So he's at the kid table. So what about so Ray Allen? Then we go back to Ray Allen. Ray Allen has a few championships. Ray Allen has one or two. Two, and about to be three. No, he has one. No, he won two with the Celtics, didn't he? No, he won one. He's only he's on one one. Hold on. Yeah, it's it's one. It? It's one one with the Celtics. That was during That's my it. overseas time. I, I yeah. tend to lose track of what yeah, happened. Yeah, he, he's only won one. Um, I I don't know. I mean, when you when you when you think of the greatest players, at the end of the day, they all have won. They you know they've won multiple championships. That's what I don't for whatever reason basketball puts stock in championships. It's how like many, what? How many championships did Will Chamberlain win when, when he was two, in? two? And that's always the knock on Will. Will it's been well documented that Will. Faded in big games and playoffs. He did because if you really look at him, he wasn't a winner. He was into personal stats. And that's my and that's my thing. Like my, my buddy, my, a couple of my buddies are a little bit older, and they're like, well, 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 well. If he was that dominant, why didn't he win more titles? And you're right. Now, I know the Celtics had great teams. You know they yeah. had all the Russell and and all those guys. And by the way, what a jackass Phil Russell, Phil, Phil Jackson is by saying he picked Russell's the you know the start of team. Is he nuts? Is he nuts? Yeah. Well, I won't buy it. He just lost one. After that comment, <laughs> he just lost 1999. 
trying to sell a book, so that that makes that makes. Uh, I mean, headlines. yeah, but but selling a book and becoming an idiot and and be, and and just sound like an idiot. I mean, come on. Now, Kev. Yeah. Do we uh do we have is, is Paul on the line? Okay. Hold on. I uh, our 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 crack producing staff. I don't even see it. Yes. This is hello. You're in the you're in the matchup zone. Yeah, hello. Hello, caller. Yes, this is Dominic from Mount Laurel. I say Grant hello. Hill is not a Hall of Famer. All right, call back if you if, if that's you. Hey, still here. He's off. Now, um, get, getting back real quick, Kev. Uh, 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 before before we get in back, can we make sure our show is running properly? Now, Axel. If you want it to run properly, do it yourself. <laughs> Axel is is so so distracted tonight. If you if you saw him, it's like it looks like he put red paint on his arms. He's so sunburnt, so he's upset. He's a little sad. He's a little sensitive. So he forgot he's he's not handling the phone lines properly. But he's back. Are we good? Are we good? I, I wouldn't say we're good. We're in pain. <laughs> But we're making progress. Okay, good job. Mike, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, I was just saying, getting back, I mean, it's like football quarterbacks, um, and, and I know Dave and I talk about this a lot. To be one of the best quarterbacks of all time, you have to win Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, you know, Dan Marino always has the distinction of the greatest quarterback never to win a Super Bowl. Guys like Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, never won titles, Iverson, you know, they're all great players. Carl Malone, Stockton, who haven't won a title. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think when you talk about the best quarterbacks of all time, right away a lot of guys go to Elway, Montana, um, Brady, Manning. These guys have all won Super Bowls. Um, by the way, is Randall Cunningham a Hall of Famer? No. Well, well, don't say no so quickly. Oh, I'm saying no quickly. Because his numbers are favorable. Why are you saying no quickly? Because he's he was he was a, we never won a championship. Well, you know, that's that's the one thing he didn't. But his numbers, other than the Super Bowl, when and, we, when Bowls, we, when we, and I'll put McNabb ahead of him because he's not the best quarterback in Eagles history. So is McNabb a Hall of Famer? Borderline. Well, okay, I don't I don't think so. So if he's not the best, Mc, if he's if if Randall Cunningham's not even the best quarterback in Eagles history, and the well, quarterback well, ahead of him is not a Hall well, of Famer. Hold on, hold on. You got to go by the errors and. His numbers are favorable to Troy Aikman other than the Super Bowls. And I know Super Bowls hold a lot of weight. Uh-huh. But Mc... Randall was a great player. Um, what, are, what, are, what are these two who, who, who called him? Adam hasn't shown up for the past five minutes. <laughs> um, well, I, now, I, 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 I was just surprised at, uh, at Kevin's emphatic no. I mean, <laughs> think about it. Randall Cunningham was a great player. I don't think he had great coaching. Uh, but he was a he was a great player. I think he comes up short for the Hall of Fame, and I think uh, yeah, you know, I think he comes up short too. I think he comes up short too, but his numbers are comparable to 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 Aikman, other than the other than the Super Bowl, which are huge. I love. You can't compare numbers. I I love Randall Cunningham. I I that guy right there. That's my that's yeah. I I Randall Cunningham but, but, starting but, lineup but, growing what up. What did you say, Dave? You can't compare numbers. You can't. You, I don't you, think it's but here's but here, that's what sports is though. You know, and I heard Troy Aikman talk. Uh, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but That's Troy okay. Aikman, you know, was in a system that wasn't like a system that Peyton Manning was in or, or Tom Brady was in. He was in a system where they ran the ball. North Turner's system very different than the, some of the West Coast that some of the other players. Right, but don't. But I think that's what sports is. The guys are sitting around at a bar and you compare numbers. 
I just think that's the way. I mean, how else are you going to compare players? I, well, I'm just saying when you compare numbers as when it comes to Hall of Fame, I think it's you have to be careful when you do that because it depends on the system that someone's in. So to compare Johnny Unitas to say Peyton Manning, or compare Troy Aikman to to Randall Cunningham, I think is uh, hard to do. Okay, now Terry Bradshaw, I'm guessing he's in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay, four Super Bowls, four known Super Bowls. He's thrown one more touchdown than interception in his career. So why is he in the Hall of Fame? Because he won four Super Bowls. It's, well, it's the same reason why Eli Manning was the MVP of, uh, of the Super Bowl when he clearly shouldn't have been in 2007. And Peyton Manning shouldn't have been the, 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 yeah, the MVP and whenever yeah, the heck the they won. The quarterback gets a lot of the recognition in football. And they also, yeah, but you know what? They also get a lot of the, the blame if they lose. So if you want the recognition, you better be willing to take the blame as well. Um, again, we're going to have Paul Shirley coming up. Uh, what time? A few minutes, Kev? Yeah, he's good. Paul Shirley will be joining us uh, in about 15 minutes. Coming on to, uh, you know, we're going to discuss, we're going to get into uh, talking about race and sports and, uh, you know, what role it plays, if it still plays a role, if it's still prevalent. Uh, Paul will be on to talk about that. He's also, we want to talk to him about his career, uh, played for the Phoenix Suns, played for a few different places, and uh, very interesting. Uh-oh, what the... Let me interrupt here for a second. I've been, I've been talking to Coach Allen while uh, you guys have been rambling on about uh, Mr. Shirley, and let's just say I look forward to a spirited debate between uh, Coach Allen and Mr. Shirley. About... <laughs> well, yeah, I'm interested in seeing him come on with some of the some of the things. Listen, I, I have some very interesting uh, uh, ideas about, about race and sports, but some of the things that I, I've read about uh, Paul Shirley – are really uh, extreme. <laughs> All right, so we look forward to that. Um, a spirited debate coming debate. up. Um, do you think, Kev, do you think racism exists in sports? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's not. It, there's no way you can say that it's gone because it's still in every fan, in the fan base. Well, I think you hit it right on the head there. I think it's more prevalent in the fans. I think I think you're right. I think the fans uh, kind of make that decision. I think they they they'll pick their favorites. They're gonna uh, have the guys. I mean, I, I my argument for why there's race in sports is as simple as going to. You don't have to go far. You just have to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Michael Vick, is he an unbelievable 100% starting quarterback? Now, if you look poll the African American population, they'll say yes. If you poll the Caucasian population, they might say no. Now you look at it and say, is Nick Foles a 100% bona fide NBA, NFL starter? You poll the African-American population, they'll say absolutely not. You poll the Caucasian and they'll say absolutely, I don't think either of them are. I don't think either of them are, but that is what's happening. I mean, you don't have to look further than Philadelphia. The Michael Vick situation is just, its you can eat it up because you're just watching some of these fans Rooting so hard against Michael Vick and rooting so much for Nick Foles. Why? Nick Foles is not good. He he he, he he's not going to be Tom Brady. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Did you watch last year? He he, he did you no, watch, no, no. did you watch Bobby Hoying? No, I did watch Bobby Hoying. I did watch Bobby Hoying. Okay, I did. But I'm not saying Nick Foles. I'm saying Michael Vick. Now I'm not saying Michael. I, I think Michael Vick should start this year. But I also think that. Michael Vick has a tough time reading defenses. And if you talk to Caucasians, they're going to say, well, African-Americans, they can't think quick on their feet, this and that, you know, which is ridiculous because um, there's a lot. I mean, how many white quarterbacks? There's a lot more white quarterbacks than black quarterbacks. So it's kind of like um, 
you know, it's easier to see the shortcomings of the black quarterbacks because there just aren't as many of them. I mean, how many white quarterbacks in the past have been bust? I mean, you can just start start with the Eagles and just go through, I mean, the yeah. Detmers and Bobby Hoying and I mean, I mean, there's been and there's I, been stiff after stiff. Yeah, but I think, like you said, the fan base is what's causing that racism because you look at they had Donovan McNabb, who you know we talked about, kind of a maybe a, maybe a Hall of Famer one day, probably not, but you never know. And you look at you look at the Philadelphia fan base, and they spent what twelve years, ten years, yep. with, tw- ten years with McNabb right. going through, and it's but, like McNabb was a very good quarterback, but there were still people in the city who hated him because they want, they were looking at Tom Brady and they were looking at Peyton Manning and they wanted right. they wanted and that white quarterback who's right. who's gonna slow things down and read the defense and they wanted the accurate passes and it's like you want what you can't have. But then if you're looking at you look at let's take let's go to Washington. Let's look at R G three. Now if Philadelphia fans if we drafted say we're in the same predicament as same predicament as uh <laughs> good job Zeke. We're say we're in the same predicament as Washington or not a predicament, but you have two quarterbacks who you drafted at the same same time. You have uh RG three who's one of the best and then you have what, Kirk Cousins? Yeah, Kirk Cousins. So you have By the way, smart move, man. Really no, smart move smart. by drafting two quarterbacks. You know your quarter you know a quarterback's going down during the course exactly. of the season. So you have those two. Now if this is Philadelphia, you never know. People could be rooting for Kirk Cousins at the start because they 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 it's it's they've had McNabb. They're sick. They're sick and they're they're scared yeah. of like having another black quarterback coming in for all those time. And I think well, it's I think it's unfair, but I think that's it, it what is, the fan base thinks. It is unfair, but he, here's what here's what I think have the Philadelphia fans got tired of McNabb. We don't like guys like McNabb and Rodney Pete. You know why? Because they laugh on the sideline when they're losing. Yeah. I just can't stand when McNabb, you're down two touchdowns and he's on the sideline, you know, yucking it up with somebody. Rodney Pete was known for smiling after throwing an interception. We want, as fans, we want to see guys, and I'm not saying the white guys don't do this here, but as fans, if Don McNabb was tougher, okay, if he was tough, if he, you know, if he got on his team, you know, after throwing an interception, throw your helmet, you know, act like you care. The Philadelphia fans, I think, thought that they, we cared, which we thought we cared more than McNabb cared. After a loss, we were taking a loss harder than him. How many times after an interview, I'm the leader, I'm the leader, I'm the leader. If you're the leader, you don't have to state it. By the way, LeBron James the other night, after, he stated six times he was a leader. Yeah. If you're the leader, do you have to say, did Joe Montana ever say he was the leader? No, you just You do. just know, you just know. I mean, McNabb said he was a leader too. And he, and he wasn't. He was, not a, he was not a leader. Okay, so say John Elway last after throwing an interception, does he catch the same heat in Philadelphia? Say he's the Philadelphia if he, quarterback. If, if he hasn't won two Super Bowls? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. well, John Elway is a legend in Denver, and people still want He's won two Super Bowls. Yes, he did, but... And he I was mean, tough, he, and he was tough as nails. He was so not, McNabb. McNabb played yeah, with I know, he, I know he, played on the, he played with the... Bro- I, 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 you know, people just don't... I don't know how much of... How much of his race, but people just don't like McNabb. I mean, they don't like Donovan McNabb. Now, some people don't like him because mm-hmm. yeah. maybe because he's black, a small number, I would say. But you know, Andy Reid's white, and they don't like him either. So, I mean, you got two guys all-time winning as quarterback in team history, all-time winning as that, that, that's, that's a great stand either. Of them. That's a yeah. great. That's a great point. We hate Andy Reid. That's true. We hate him. I 
black people don't like Donald McNabb. To be honest with you, a majority of black people don't like Donald McNabb. I really didn't support him. If you can remember, the NAACP uh, came out and, and made some disparaging remarks about him, and then they come back a couple of years later support Michael Vick and when the Eagles signed him. So McNabb is a really uh, controversial and a complicated uh, athlete in this town. Yeah. I mean, when, when it came down to it, if you would have pulled most people in Philly, who did they want to get rid of, Reed or McNabb? I think 90% of people would have said Reed. Especially early on. I mean, a few years ago before McNabb had, you know. Right. All right, now let's let's jump. Like we talked a little bit about Washington. Let's jump to Washington. Now, RG3, terrific quarterback. Rob Parker from ESPN comes out and says, you know, you're not black enough. He's Rob not, Parker's an idiot. He's not black enough. Now, that's why I think racism still exists. It's like, well, what does that mean? You're not black enough. I don't. Because, what does that mean? Well, it's 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 the it's the whole entire culture. It's like you're married to a white white girl. You you talk. You don't use any slang. You talk and speak. What, you pronounce your ings. Yeah, you 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 speak clearly, and you know that's that's what's what's being said. And I think it's disappointing. Uh, to hear that because you know as a culture as a whole you don't want to you don't want to focus on the wrong things you don't want to create a culture that's that's not the best it could be and that's why i think you know when you when you have these role models and they're you have guys who is a successful african-american man it's it's it should be a role model and shouldn't be put on the negative as like you're well you're not black enough yeah yeah i i get what you're saying but i think there's there's perceptions in fans' minds when you think about black and white. Um, right away, if you go to a basketball game and you see one team's all white and the other team's all black, what's the first thing going through 90% of the fans' heads? Oh, well, the black team's going to run and gun, and the white team's going to slow it down and run backdoor cuts. I mean, that's just the way it is. The perception is, like, like speaking of the fans, in 1980, when the, in the 80s, when the Lakers were playing the Celtics, 90% of the black people probably were rooting for the Lakers. 90% mm-hmm. of the white people probably rooting for the Celtics. It's true. I was rooting for the Sixers. And you were rooting, <laughs> Davis rooting for the Sixers. But everybody thought the Celtics were white because they had a white guy leading them. Yeah. But they had a lot of black guys on the team. Robert Parrish. Robert yeah. Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Cedric Maxwell. But because Larry Bird was their leader, they were the white team. They were the white team. And never mind the Kurt Rambuses and, and Kurt Rambus and, uh, and who are the other big white stiffs on that team? Was Bill Bill Walton was just no, back and forth. No, he was Bill with the Celtics yeah, sitting Bill on the Walton. bench. No, who? Mitch Kupchak. Well, Steve Mix was on one of those teams. Mixville. He was on the '80 team, wasn't he? Or something? No, Mix was also on a Lakers championship team. Zeke. Steve Mix. He was on. He was on the Sixers. I know he was on the Sixers, but he, he was also hitting. He was hitting corner jumpers. He was hitting them from Mixville in L.A. too. Rambus, yeah. Um. You know, they, 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 we talk about this too. How ridiculous is it that an NFL team has to hire a black candidate? I mean, has to uh, uh, interview a black candidate. When you look at the Rooney Rule, when you, when you can you hear me? When you look at the Rooney Rule, um, it's just there's so many flaws in it now, and, and changes in it now. So, uh, look, look, you had eight teams. They followed the rule, and they hired the best candidate in, in their minds, and. My issue with the Rooney Rule was, especially with Herm Edwards and um, the Kansas City Chiefs, because Herm Edwards knocked them, and you know they've had two African American coaches, 
And yet, yet they get they get knocked by Herm Edwards. He never came out and supported that. You know, with the Rooney Rule. Now they went through it and they hired and they hired Andy Reid. So you think about it, they hired Andy Reid, probably one of the best, if not the best coaching candidate out there. But yet they get knocked for not I guess following the Rooney Rule, which they did, I'm sure they had to hire. I had to interview a uh, So you have to interview one, even though Romeo Cornell was African American and coming off of uh, you still have to you still have to interview a yeah, and I think the idea is to get the, go through the interview process and get to meet uh, different coaches, maybe coordinators, whoever. Uh, I mean, the rule and in in when it first got created, implemented back in 2003, made sense because it, it not had a lot of African American, you know, can, viable candidates for jobs. But now you have viable candidates getting jobs, and in this instance, you didn't. They didn't get one. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean it, it's an interesting it's it's really interesting the whole the whole race in sports. I mean back back in the early part of the decade when I was coaching the Haddonfield, um, you know, predominantly white team, I mean all, all white team and um the knock is that we weren't that you know, we we weren't athletic enough to be, compete with the teams up north, but we were I mean there were some very athletic kids on that team. I mean they you know, I mean that team was athletic. White, you know, white people can be athletic. Black guys can shoot. Now, and that's angry defenses. Yeah. So, so you look at uh, some of those stereotypes. Now, if you had, we talked about a black quarterback. People are, don't want to see a black quarterback. Some people. Now, you you do the same thing. Say Danny Woodhead or Wes Welker was here. Now, say Wes Welker was with the Eagles, and he's competing for time with Jason Avant. Wes Welker is obviously better than Jason Avant, but. That the the position where it tends to be a black player playing it creates some confusion when you see a white per, a white player dominating it because that's that's, that's a position that should that goes to the more athletic which is a stereotype more athletic player so the quarterback apparently can read the defenses better the the wide receiver can is quicker can catch better the running back is quicker can cut better so but you have guys like Danny Woodhead and no one, I mean my Wes Welker falls every year in my fantasy draft because it's like no one wants that white that white what receiver. It's like they're scared of it. Well, because the racism is institutionalized. Uh-huh. Most people don't think on their own. They they're told what to think, and what happens is they're not seeing through their eyes. They're seeing through their beliefs. And everything that you said, Kevin, is correct. And it's as evidence if you look at the story of uh, Peyton Hillis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peyton Hillis had to yep. go through the whole thing, and I think he, he met it. Uh, that was a became a thousand yard rusher when he went to Cleveland, but when he first got started, he didn't even get a he didn't even get a shot at Denver mm-hmm. uh, at at running back because running back is a black position, cornerback yeah. is a black position, center field, you're right, quarterback is a white position, uh-huh. uh huh, GM upper office is a white position, and that's that's been you know uh, grilled into us and ingrained in us, uh, uh-huh. for years. and it's that's that's like you're saying. That, I think, is what the the society almost dictates, that that's how you're supposed to think. I mean, I teach a lesson before dying. You know, we both, we've both done it. And society dictates, and I'm not going to get into the whole lesson before dying speech, but you. if, you've read, begging you if, not to. if you've read it, you know, it's, it's the society will tell you. Society told the people in the 1930s and 1920s in Alabama and Georgia that that's how you think. It's not like they grew up and just, there was just a, 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 an unwarranted hate for African Americans. It was ingrated in their minds. So as they go on, that's how society thinks. Our society, like you said, is telling us to 
This is what a quarterback looks like. It looks like Peyton Manning, and it looks like Tom Brady. This is what a wide receiver looks like. It looks like Calvin Johnson, and here's a running back looks like Adrian Peterson. And it's meant to control us. You think about it. What you what's ingrained in us? And you're correct. Like somebody had to. T- I, I mean, I listen to some of these uh, newspaper reporters or broadcasters talk about LeBron James. He's not clutch. Two years ago, he how, how non clutch he was. Mm-hmm. I just remembered myself. He was clutch in that season during the Boston Celtics series. He was so clutch. Oh, he's not clutch. I remember him scoring 26 points against the Pistons back in 2007 or 2008. It's the same thing that goes uh, when you look at race. They tell us what to think, and then we just blindly, blind faith and follow. Yeah, didn't LeBron last year, was it last year in game six against the Celtics, had like 45 point triple-double, like, like an unbelievable game, um, the whole clutch. I mean, you listen to Skip Bayless. He doesn't have the clutch gene. I mean, I. But by the way, Skip Bayless. Look, I don't know if this counts or anything. I'm I'm Caucasian, but I root for Stephen A. every day on those debates. You every hate, day. You hate Skip. Bayless. I hate Skip. Because you know why I hate Skip Bayless? Here's why I hate him. He'll say anything. Just to get people to listen to his show, and I, I can, maybe that's what we should do. Yeah, but I can't do that. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say I think Rainhold's all famous. I don't think he's all. I mean, but he says the most. Re- Ridiculous things, and he can't possibly believe some of the things he says. Well, you, you know, um, it's interesting because Stephen A. Smith gets the same um, gets said the same things about him. But if Stephen A. Smith was just reported sports, he'd be David Aldridge. You know, that's uh-huh. that's the that's the difference. You know, you got to entertain in order to be Stephen. You know, Stephen A. Sure. Stephen A. knows his stuff. Stephen A. knows he, his he stuff. Does, he does know his stuff, and you know, they they almost become. Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, they almost become characters. I mean, look at Howard Eskin, who's a big Philadelphia guy. If you've met Howard Eskin, Howard Eskin's a very nice guy. I met Howard Eskin before. He's very nice. Uh, Does a lot for charity. But he plays a role on the radio. He plays the jerk to get people to call in. Yes, Zeke. Uh, I actually met Howard Eskin. I went to the Winter Classic last year uh, at Citizens Bank Park. He Uh parked right next to us as we were tailgating. Yeah. And um, we had he stayed, he hung out and had a couple burgers with us. It was it was he, a great day. I told you he's a very very nice guy. He probably liked that you guys are both redheads too. That played a key. I didn't say I was with my brother. You just assumed it. No, I said he probably liked that you and him are both redheads. Not a redhead. Yeah, he is. Howard Eskin. He's got long brown hair. No, that's no, like that's kinda, that's reddish. Yeah. I'll give you Auburn. Okay, I'm Auburn. Not give you red. Okay, your hair's Auburn then. I never said I had red hair. Okay, he, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me get. In, let me pull out my my Crayola color chart. Auburn hair. But by by the way, um, I I can't take Charles Barkley and Shaq on the same set on TNT. I just think it's they're too dominating a personality, and they go back and forth, and they kind of fight for airtime. Just Shaq should just be left off. It's, a, yeah, right, it's almost like Shaq's trying to be like Charles. Right. It's like it's like Charles is Charles and Shaq just be Shaq and just Ken, Kenny Smith used to be the staple of the show. He can't get he can't yeah, get a word in there. Word edgewise. He can't get a word. We are joined now by the uh, NBA veteran, overseas veteran, author of uh, the book uh, "Can I Keep My Jersey," Paul Shirley. Paul, how are you? Thank you for joining us tonight. You're uh, welcome. I'm great. How are you guys? Paul, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Okay, I'm having a little, little difficulty getting Paul in here. Hello? Yeah. No dice? Paul, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? 
Oh, boy. Okay, hold on. Zeke, try to try to fix that real quick. It's better. Try to uh try to figure out why that's happening. I panicked. No, he's still here. He, we could hear him on the phone, but we can't hear him on the show for some reason. Okay, we're gonna try to get this um, straightened out for a second while we try to get Paul Shirley in and here. Time for the Zeke section of the show while Kevin tries to sort out these technical difficulties. Um, coach, get coach Dave. Getting back to the uh, I want to get back in a little bit of um. The Ray Allen debate and the, the Hall of Fame. While we're trying to get Paul Shirley in here. Now Reggie Miller. Now Reggie Miller is a surefire Hall of Famer, correct? Correct. Okay. He's in. He's in. Yeah, he's in already. Right. He's in already. Now, what differentiates? What what separates Reggie Miller from Ray Allen? I think what what probably separated him was when you talked earlier about the championships and being able to play on the big stage. Uh, Remember, the Indiana Pacers were always there. They went to one championship, and they were always battling the Bulls and, and the Pistons uh, in the 90s. And I think you were able to see, and the Knicks, to see a lot of Reggie Miller in big games. Right. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think I think you bring up a good point there. Um, and, and I think that Reggie being the, the best player on his teams for all those years, like, to me, was Chris Mullen ever the best player on those run TMC teams? Was no. he the best player on those teams? No, he wasn't. He wasn't, right? Like Tim, Mitch Richmond. Mitch, Mitch Richmond was great too. Um but 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 uh, Chris Mullen gets in the Hall of Fame. Why? Why is Chris Mullen in the Hall of Fame? Um nice college player, I guess. Uh played at St. John's, got to the final four. All right, I think I I think we solved the solved the issue. Paul, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, we okay. got to make sure we get back to that because I, I actually am looking DA at... DA is dying to talk to this I'm, guy. I'm actually looking at uh, comparing, which I don't like to, Reggie Miller's numbers to Ray Allen's numbers. Okay. Well, see if you can do that as well. What do we have? Actually, they're, they're, pretty, they're, they're pretty close. Are they really? Pretty close. Uh, well, how many career, po- career average for, for um, Reggie Miller was 18 points a game. What's Ray Allen? Uh, 19. Wow. Let me see. Well, what you have to remember is when Ray Allen was on the bus, no, I know. they he... took the Sixers to seven games. Yep, 19 a game for for Ray Allen. He had wow. a year. He had a year where he scored 26 points a game, 25 a game, 23 nine a game, 23 a game, 22 five a game. Wow. Uh, and I think that's higher than any season that. Uh, wow, I stand corrected. Ray Allen also has a higher three-point percentage for his career. He does. Paul, can you hear us? I can hear you. All right, perfect. All right, we we got, got it. All right, sorry, we had some. Paul, listen, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, we're 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 a small time. Our equipment's not exactly uh, perfect yet, but uh, we really appreciate you hanging on while we get this sorted out. No problem. I've been there myself. <laughs> So Paul, you know, obviously uh terrific player. I'm obviously I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of your book. When I started writing, I read your book and uh very very inspiring stuff, very similar to uh to to you know, the experiences I had. So, you know, w- when you started writing, what was the what was really the key that really started you saying, "You know what? I'm going to write I'm going to write a book right now." Uh, loneliness, abject 
loneliness, <laughs> which I think is the source of lots of writing careers. Um, I went to Greece my first year out of college and was by myself and very much a stranger in what was to me a strange land and needed to tell someone about it. So started uh, just journaling and um, sending these emails home to people. And uh, decided or learned very quickly that the best way to get people to read them was if you made them kind of entertaining. So I uh, continued in that vein and just kept writing. That's that's great. That's great. And you know, you, you how did you, you get wrote... started? How how was what was your progression? Paul, honestly, I'm very similar boat as you. I boredom. Yeah, I was actually I got hurt, and uh, when I was hurt, I was home. And I started writing a blog kind of calling, called Waiting for Godunk. Uh It was like the play Waiting for Godot because I was waiting. I finally got uh, ready and, and healed, but it's like, you know, you're waiting for that call to go overseas again. So I just started writing about frustration and things like that. So same thing, mm-hmm. boredom. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Your, your your book is, is, is very, very fun. It's a fun read. Like you said, it's it's very entertaining. Thank you. That was that was what I was going for. It uh, it, it was not destined to win a Pulitzer, but I think uh, it's a quick read, <laughs> which is um, sometimes good. It's funny, and you you know you really relate to a lot of the guys overseas because your story is one that that can definitely a lot of people overseas. I mean, my brother and I both read it. My brother played overseas as well. It's it's something that a lot of people can can relate to, and I think it it was big overseas. My coach from. Uh, from when I was playing overseas, actually wrote me today and said, you know, he wants to listen and hear you because uh, he had he read your book and thought it was really good because I think you nailed it on the head. Yeah, I think it, I, I feel like it should be a required reading if someone were to ever take a class on playing basketball overseas. <laughs> I think it might uh, make it into the textbook section. Um, it is, I think, now that it's been, it's been yeah, six years, five or six years since that book came out, and um, it's always interesting learning what people's reactions are to your writing. Um, it does play really well with people who have experienced that or who have lived overseas. A lot of people, though, and I'm sure you've um, experienced this, uh, don't have much patience with anything approaching complaints about a life in professional basketball. Yeah. And that's always a little interesting to me because it's almost as if they don't read what's in the book or what's in a lot of my writing and don't really understand how unglamorous and also sometimes unlucrative um, that world can be. Paul, uh, well, one of the major topics of our show tonight is racism in sports. Um, a, c- a couple questions. One, do you think racism exists in sports today? And, you know, you played a long time, 13, you know, pro ball for 13 years, some NBA teams. Um, have you encountered any racism, you know, during your career? <laughs> uh, first of all, nice segue, very abrupt. Uh, second of all, uh, I actually only played for like uh, nine years of professional basketball. Thirdly, one of my favorite stories from Spain is um, playing for Juventus, which is uh, just outside of Barcelona. And the coach comes up to me from another team I had joined Juventus in the middle of the season. He says, well, I'm really glad that uh, you made it to Spain, my team actually wanted to sign you, or I wanted to sign you um, back in the fall, but my GM wouldn't let me because he will only sign black guys. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's uh, 
fun. I'm participating in the only occupation in the world where it's not good to be a white male. That's, that's it's so true because I've had similar experiences where my agent said, you know, you got this deal, and then they asked them if I was white or black, and they said white, and they said never mind. It's yeah. you know, I, yeah, and it's I think pretty you know, amazing. They, I mean, I, I think I I have an interesting relationship with race because I've been for years and since I was fifteen years old, I was playing. Uh, with black guys who um, a lot of the time didn't necessarily want me there, which is understandable because I think um, there was a sense of, look, man, you've got everything else in the world. Like, you, you, your people have everything else in the world. Can you not just give us this? Um, which was, while it is understandable, is and is perfectly acceptable in the macro, is a little harder on the, in the micro because if you are the person who they're saying that to, um, mm-hmm. and your dream is to play this game, uh, it can be a little tough. Um, also, I guess I have a hard time sometimes remembering that not everyone has been around in the just so immersed in black culture, and they don't necessarily understand how that world works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked earlier uh, about uh, a little bit, we were talking earlier about Roy Hibbert and, you know, some of his comment he made. And like we, we both said, that's a comment that is very, very, it, it's always being said. It's always the end of a joke. If there's any, ever anything that, that kind of ends in like that, it's, that's, the, that's where the joke goes. If there's anything that could be like construed as, as that, that's exactly where it goes. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually in Yosemite all weekend, so I kind of missed a lot of that controversy, but was uh, boning up this morning and had several chuckles. Of course, Roy Herbert um, says this thing about Paul George, and then afterwards says, no homo, which is a thing that I've heard, I, I kind of like you were saying, for probably a decade or 15 years, where basically if 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 two white guys are hanging out, and they might say like, Man, I really love you. I mean, I'm not gay, but I really love you. You know, like trying to make it platonic or make sure that people know that this is platonic, and potentially that's a little bit insecure and maybe unnecessary. But saying no homo after a similar um, encounter is basically the black culture equivalent. I read mm-hmm. this morning um, somebody had uh, had written on Slate.com that reportedly in rap culture this was something used to to uh, dissociate from the homosexual community, which is not really true at all, um, but it's one very liberal writer's uh, take on this because he's so afraid of actually talking about the differences in the culture um, that he's not willing to understand that culture. He's just sort of painting with a a very broad brush, which is obviously annoying. Mm Mm-hmm. So Paul, if if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, so you don't did you have a problem with what Hibbert said or no? Uh, I rarely have a problem with what anybody says because I feel like um, a lot <laughs> right. of times people can uh, should be able to say more, not less. But I, again, in the same press conference, he got in trouble for um, right. doing an epithet, if you will, toward mm-hmm. uh, the reporters, which was in it was very. Correct, and you could sense the frustration of I'm, here I am playing in Indianapolis. I'm really good, and you guys are just figuring that out because you never come watch us play. Um, if someone doesn't like that, I, it, it's interesting that we live in this 
such a, um, a culture of, uh, I don't know, sensitivity, I guess. But are we, are we really that shocked that he's going to drop that word in a press conference? I think, um, I think coaches and players do that all the time. And I, I do, I mean, I, I, I think you could actually get into um, a little bit of, I, I always hate the charge of racism because it, um, it can be thrown about pretty easily. But it's interesting that um, this allows people to take shots at a guy um, under the guise of, well, he's a homophobe or something, when it could very well be like, you know, this gives us a chance to, um, put down uh, black or urban culture, which I also think is a little bit frustrating. Well, Paul, uh, this is Dave Allen here. I'm the third guy over here. <laughs> he's our, he's our um, third wheel. I do. Um, but let me ask you, first thing, no homo. I don't know if it's black culture, but I, I, a lot of young white kids say that as well. Um, well, I, I is, think we can all agree that lots of young white culture starts as black culture. Yeah, well, which, I would which, agree which, with I that. I think it's more so. I think we could call it more like hip hop culture. But Roy Hibbert, in both things that he said, I think he got fined, not necessarily uh, based on where people offended or thought he was a homophobe, more so that he's representing the Indiana Pacers. So he has to be very mindful of what he says. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, double edged sword because it gets people talking about the NBA. So in representing. <laughs> The Indiana Pacers. He actually brings attention to the sport, so I, it's a little bit hypocritical to fine a man when, in fact, the NBA is like every other publicity-based industry. It just wants views and eyes on the page, and so this gives people an excuse to talk about something. It doesn't doesn't allow them to talk about it in any intelligent way, um, but it allows them to feel offended or get self-righteous about something. Right. Well, I don't know if anybody. So I don't buy. I don't really buy the whole like he's a rep. What is? Are the Indiana Pacers um, the uh, the envoy to the United Nations? No, it's a basketball team, and um, I think their mission is not uh, to change American culture. Their mission is to provide entertainment for people. Yeah, but, but I understand it. But he can't curse on live TV. No, I, I think he, no. He, him cursing on live TV. Also got him fined. I mean, you got to be careful. I think there's a time and place. Like, if you're hanging out in the locker room, you know, after a game, and you know, I love you, whatever, no homo, um, is different than saying it on national TV where everyone can hear it. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for everything, and I think it was the wrong time and place for him to say that. I I agree, uh, but I think it's like we said, it's said so much. I mean, in the locker room, in the locker room, it said so much, and I understand. But it's like it's one of those things where you don't even think about it. It's not like you're dropping the f bomb or something out there because you're kind of, you know, you're you're weary of that. But but saying that, it's like it's almost like a joke, and yes, ill timed and and not right. But it's like I can see how that could slip out there. Well, here's what you get if you find the man for um, acting. True to himself, you get athletes who won't say anything, which is even more annoying. So, would you rather have a guy who actually expresses how he feels, or would you rather have a guy just? That, that's a that, that's a good shit. point. That's so, a good point. That's we, what we you're hate, get. We so hate Chase every, every time anybody complains about these things, they can't then complain about. Oh man, I wish these guys would say something interesting. You have to actually applaud. I, I would applaud Roy Hibbert for being true to who Roy Hibbert is. 
Now, if I like that person or don't like him, that's another debate. But it's not everyone's job to be likable all the time. Some of the time you just actually have to be true to who you are. And I think not only in sports culture, but I would say in American culture, we teach Right, but, but, but Roy Hibbert works for the NBA. Like, Roy Hibbert, you know, works for the NBA. And I know David Stern doesn't want that kind of stuff being out there. So I just think that, you know... You know right, but that's also... But that also ties back into the race issue because David Stern doesn't actually want the black players to appear to be black. He wants them to wear what he tells them to wear. And he he doesn't want people to know that this is a culture, and not just because it's black culture, but because it's sports culture. It's a very um, macho culture that may be at odds with um, the liberal culture that uh, is sort of fostered on the Internet. Uh, oh, Paul, I agree with you on a couple things there. One thing I disagree with is Roy Hibbert saying what he feels. I mean, he was it was a lame attempt to try to be funny. Uh, I don't think, you know, you know, he's trying to be funny with saying that. I, I probably would have a problem with that if I uh, was the owner of the uh, Indiana Pacers. I do agree with you with David Stern, though, but I don't think he has a problem with, with the players um, dressing like they're black. I think he has a problem with them dressing inappropriately or like, like gang culture or unprofessional. Yeah, but again, that that's... Who is it? Who is it for us to say that? Um, like I, again, I I spent most of my college career playing on predominantly black basketball teams. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with all the way that a lot of the guys dressed or carried themselves, but just because I don't agree with it doesn't make it wrong. Um, I think when it comes to tolerance, you have to be careful um, where your judgmental attitude, not you specifically, but where a person's judgmental attitude takes him, because um, if this is a part of black culture and and hip-hop culture and and basketball culture happen to be tied together, then who are we to say, like, oh, you can't participate in that? I I just think that people who would claim to be very tolerant are, in a lot of cases, intolerant in these situations. I do agree with you. However... Uh, to counter that point there, um, the NBA, they're paying these players a lot of money. You know, you have to wear a uniform if you work at certain retail stores. You have to have a certain dress code if you work for a school or, or a bank. So implementing a dress code for an organization like the NBA, is that like breaking on intolerance by the NBA, or are they just doing what other organizations do? Um. I- Certainly true that lots of organizations have dress codes, but I think uh, the larger picture is that the NBA doesn't want it to get out that a large portion of its players are um, from a background that's not necessarily the same as its target audience. If the NBA only tried to capture the black TV market, it would set itself a limit of 12% of the population. So it needs to make it as palatable as possible, and I don't know that we, I mean, the, the dress code is kind of arguing minutia, really, because it's a, it's a bigger picture, and it's not the, the NBA, it's not that the NBA is wrong, because it's a huge corporation that is trying to make money, um, so it's not that we should say the NBA is completely wrong in this situation, in that, from a business standpoint, now, how do we 
separate like business from what's right and wrong. I don't know. That's why we're having this debate, I suppose. But uh, you know, Paul, maybe you're not old enough to remember this. I mean, back in 1980, uh, the NBA championship was on tape delay. the The NBA uh, was not a, a major popular sport like baseball and football in this country, and it was because of some of the things that uh, we're talking about here. The NBA was too black, too many drugs for basically the, the paying customers to, to to watch for entertainment. So therefore, right. in the 80s, you saw a total paradigm shift of how the game was played and how the players presented. Well, was it too black though, Dave, by the players or by style? Well, no. What I'm what I'm saying is. It's similar to what Paul's saying. It was uh, pervaded with with what people saw as black culture there. All right, and that's what it was, and it it turned off many others. And we lived in a very different world in the in the seventies and eighties than we are now. But you saw that shift with Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Julius Irving, and Michael Jordan in the eighties and nineties. And when he saw when he saw the NBA going back to that with that fight at the Indiana Pacers had and this thug mentality, there had to be a shift, a paradigm shift to go back to the way it was in the eighties and nineties, I think, because it's a, it's a business. Right. But, uh, as consumers of that business, are we interested in supporting, uh, megalithic companies sort of fooling us into thinking that their product is one thing when in fact it's another, or are we interested in those the product, which is the players in this case. Well, the fact, well, well, listen, listen. The fact that Whitney Houston did crack every oh, night. Geez. The fact that Whitney Houston did crack every night. You know, they hid that from us because people like to hear her singing her music. The same thing. I know whether Roy Hibbert. I, I don't really care about Roy Hibbert's views on cursing outside or, or saying no homo. You know, I want to see him play basketball. So, and if I'm the owner of Indiana Pacers, I have him there, and I pay him millions of dollars to play basketball, not to give me his uh Right, well, what I, think, so what I think is, is interesting in these cases is that we all say, we, most people would say, I don't really care what he did. However, in our day and age, you can't do that. Well, the only reason you can't do that is because enough people say you can't do that. If everybody just said, like, I don't care what he said, like, does he? Did he have a good game? Did his team win? Is that, was he authentic? Was he true to himself? Then we'd have fewer people having this happen to them. Um, but So we are all able to like speak out of both sides of our mouths where we're saying, like, ah, I wish more players would open up, but he should totally get fined. Well, maybe we should change things and say, you know, he shouldn't get fined. We, we actually want people to be honest, and that would lead to further enjoyment of the game for everyone. I mean, I mean that would pre- that would be pretty yeah. interesting. Just having people say whatever they want at their press conference and 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 really say what's on their mind instead of sugarcoating things uh-huh. and kind of beating around the bush. I mean, heck, it'd be more interesting for the viewers if everyone just came out and said, you know what, this is what I think, and mm-hmm. this is it. And you know, you talk about the you talk about role models, and you know, are are, are you going to be perceived as role models? I mean, Charles Barkley said, "I'm not a role model," but then you have to look at it and say, you know. You're 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 in front of the you're in front of a young audience who's interested in what you do who lives and dies with what you do. Does that responsibility then fall to you? So I mean, those are these are some of the things that that you know the NBA yeah, and, and superstars. Go ahead. Right, but that's that's a symptom of a a broken culture when um, its role models are its athletes. That's not really that's that's not the athlete's fault necessarily, but. Um, 
that players know more names of NBA or kids know more NBA players than U.S. Senators. <laughs> that's that's a very good point, and you know that's that's what our culture is. I mean, this people in English class and history class, people aren't paying attention as much, but they'll know everything about. You know the, the what who's what's going on in the the Bruins game or the Heat Heat Pacers. I mean the kids talk about that all day, but they're not really concerned with you know what what exactly our culture who who founded it things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're all doomed is what I'm saying. Now we're <laughs> really taking this to a dark place, guys. Sorry. <laughs> well, Paul, no, that's... Paul, uh, you know you you uh, you know you've said some controversial things uh, in the past as well. Uh, and I can just, you know, looking back and uh, looking at some of your comments towards Haiti. Um, oh, Paul, did you, when you called in tonight, did you think you were going to be discussing Haiti? Uh, oh, Paul, by the I, way, Dave is African-American. Well, all topics are available because of the Internet. Right. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm just asking um, your your comments about about Haiti, and there was a couple different comments. Um you know some of the comments uh, that, that you made. Uh, I don't think a guy with the sign that reads "Need your help" is going to do anything constructive with with the dollar I might give him. I use history as my guide. I don't think the people of Haiti will do much with my money either. Well, um, I mean, and then you went on to write a letter, I guess it was, to the Haitians, dear Haitians, and some of the things you said there. If it possible, could you not rebuild your island home in the image of its predecessor? Could you not resort to the creation of flimsy shanty and shack towns? And could some of you maybe use a condom once in a while? Sincerely, the rest of the world. Um, now that that's just some of the that's just some of the comments. Yeah, I mean, and you know, like we said before, there's there's things there's things. Paul, you said it yourself. You know, you don't like to limit yourself. Like this is this is this is you. You're real to yourself. This is what you believe in and you actually have an outlet to do this. That's what you like you're saying. The, the internet allows everyone to to see what you say and sometimes it's taken out of context. I think you know the internet gives you I that. Take this out of context. <laughs> right here in context. And, and Paul, I'm not, well, not... Uh, sir, could you tell me like so is your goal by um bringing that up to discredit me in this argument no, is not that the objective because if you if you actually have read things before, you should know that you should probably read the entire two thousand word article, which you did not do. You actually just took snippets from it and read them all. I'm just asking. Fine, I'm you asking. have every right to do that. I don't actually have access to anything that you've written because I'm not sure you've ever written anything. Um, uh, well, I, I, well, well, I I have I have written uh, a, a lot of things, but I just asked you for those controversial things you said. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, you were represented, representing ESPN or with ESPN at the time, and I, I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with them. I'm saying you're saying that people should be able to speak their mind, and you were justifying what Roy Hibbert said. So therefore, I'm asking you, you're able to speak your mind to justify. That's all. We don't. You don't have to take. I'm not taking a personal shot at you. I did not make a, a, a judgment, a, a character judgment on you at all. I just asked you a question. Uh, so what's the question? Whether I believe people should be able to express themselves? No, I yes, I do. Did I enjoy no, I getting fired by ESPN because of something I wrote on another website, which I happen to run? Uh, no, no, I did I, not enjoy it. But I no, think that's I said, part, again, a part of a similar culture. I asked questions about the 
relief effort to Haiti. I was in Kansas City. I saw people texting their $10 to the Haitian Relief Fund, and I thought to myself, I wonder if, because my impression was that these people got to feel really good about themselves, but I wondered, would they would they really like how they felt if maybe this did more harm than good, or maybe it didn't do any good at all? So I thought it was important to ask that question, because no one else at the time was. No one else was saying, like, how did a country put itself in this position where a relatively small earthquake could kill so many people? Should we put some of the blame on the people themselves? I think that's a very valid question. Um, if you don't like that question or if you don't agree with it, you should probably just turn the page or go read something else. You could read my basketball book if you want to. No, I, really I don't think that's problem. worth the getting problem, bent out of shape about. I'm not really bent out of shape about it. I have my own issues with certain cultures from uh, like that or certain aspects of the culture here. I just have a problem with why take a shot at a culture that's going through a national catastrophe at the time? That would be my only question. I mean, to tell somebody, okay, yeah. who's not doing well, pull because themselves this is how, That's right? how free thought works. That's how we move the debate forward. If everyone if just says, well, national, blindly, when somebody's these, having these a people catastrophe? Uh, deserve our help. Maybe they don't. It, it is possible that the opposite of what you think is true is the truth. Now, was that true? Like, is is my viewpoint correct? Not necessarily, but thankfully, I'm not the representative of um, the Red Cross to Haiti. If someone doesn't like my comments, that person can say, I don't particularly agree with this person. I'm going to go read someone else. Or, I don't agree with this. I'm glad he made me think about it. Now I'm going to go read something else. I'm not in charge of aid to Haiti. I, Roy Hibbert is not in charge of uh, changing black culture or changing the NBA's culture. He's expressing his view. In that article, which you brought up, I expressed my view. Most people either don't agree with it or ignored it, and that's fine. Um, that is how the written word works. We now, say what we I think, don't disagree and with we you. move I, on. I, I, Paul, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm all for free speech. I'm a journalist major, broadcast major, uh, so uh, communications major. I'm not against it at all. The only issue I had, you know, I wanted to ask you a question on it, was why take a shot at a nation, why not take a shot at them when they're not having a national uh, catastrophe? Why not I take a shot at them when they're when they're when they're, when they're struggling and they're failing? The easy, because that's the easy thing to do. The easy thing to do is to wait two years and then write that piece. The hard thing to do is to wait three weeks and write it to ask those well, questions in the middle. How of about it. not write it before? Why not write it before the catastrophe happens? Yeah, but you see when you when it's when it's in your mind and you see and I I you know when I'm watching this too. You see all these disaster reliefs, and it's like everything's everything's right there. You have these you have the the Haiti disaster relief, and if if that if these are your viewpoints, that's the time to write it because it, it's, it's it's fresh it, in your mind. It's fresh in your mind, and it shows it shows also the people, you know, the people like who are who are blindly donating money to to a cause because they don't know what's going on, and it's the tr and they we talked about yeah, how society the, dictates how you. Society dictates how you think and how you feel. So if your society is telling you, Haiti needs your help, give money, then that's just then that's that's what's that's what you're gonna do. Your society is telling you, listen, this country needs money, but you it's the same thing. People don't didn't people didn't look up Haiti, people didn't look up their economic structure, people didn't look up things like that and say, Okay, well these they just said I'm going to blindly give ten dollars 
about two years ago, real quick, about two years ago, someone came up to me. I was in a store, and they said their car broke down. Um, they were late for an exam for school, blah, blah, blah. I came up to the store and said, I, you know, do you have $20 I can borrow? I can, you know, I can take your license and stuff now. So I gave them $20. Now, I didn't want them to, you know, mail me any money back. I gave them $20, and I wanted to, you know, if he got one over on me, then he got one over. But I would like to think I did the right thing by helping this guy out but by giving did, him money. Did that make you feel good or them feel good? It made me, it made me feel good because I was helping him. Whether he took the money to get whatever he had to get for his car, I have to believe that he's that I that he really needed it, and I was helping this kid in that at that time. Okay. I, I mean, you know, it goes. Like, no, it's, it's. I guess it's based on your trust and trust in humanity, trust in people. I mean, you can give that guy could have taken that money and gone and to the liquor store, no, no question, and, and, and or gone and bought drugs. You're 100 percent right, but guess what? I. So you're putting you your belief he, in man. He really may needed the help. Yeah, that's true. Look, the thing here is that you derived, not only did you derive pleasure at the time from it, you derived pleasure now because you were able to tell us that story and paint yourself in a certain way. And that's the point, is that people enjoy feeling a certain way, and when they are able to um, feel good about a donation or, or helping someone, um, they, they sleep at night. Now, they don't like to have that question. They do not like people to say, well, maybe that was a bad idea. Maybe you actually supported that guy's drug habit, which is, by the way, there's about an 85% chance that you did when you gave that guy. There is, but there's a 15% chance that you did the kind of like, I need bus money scam before. And and every time I've ever given someone money, they end up like around the corner asking the next person for it. Now, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that all people are bad or evil, but you should question that motive and figure out, like, why did you really do that? Was it to help him or was it because you felt better about yourself? It, it, it was to help him. I mean, I you know at the time I wasn't thinking, you know what, I'm going to tell the story two years down the road on a radio show. To me, I said, if you know what? It's truly just about him. You never would have told anyone. Well, my no, but I'm bringing up the point. I'm, I'm piggybacking off of Dave's point of, um, you know, what, why bring it up now and, and things like that. Um, you know, I do a lot of things. I mean, I, you know, I do a lot of things, and now I feel like I came insane because you're going to whip me for it. <laughs> Well, well, again, again, uh, Paul, I wasn't. I just thought I'd bring it up. You were coming on the show, and and I wasn't going to bring it up until you brought up controversial things. But I and I'm I'm not. You know, you're entitled to your opinion. But I just believe it's all right to tell a, a man to pull himself up by his bootstraps. But it is a cruel jest to tell a bootless man that he ought to pull himself up by his bootstraps. And I think it's disingenuous by you and inappropriate by you. To tell Haiti they're so wrong. It's kind of like walking up to a, a guy whose dad just died and say, you know what? I, I don't feel bad for you. Your dad was a drug addict. I, I think it's inappropriate. And you can take it for what it's worth. Okay. Well, Paul, <laughs> Jesus Christ, we really got oh, hold on. this. This, oh, this Paul, is an issue. This is an issue. We've been for years yeah, and, and years and years. And, this, and I think I think <laughs> did Da just dropped the mic like Tupac and, <laughs> and said and said soccer out. Um, no, but this is this is a good debate, and we appreciate Paul coming on and sharing his views. And, and you know, yeah, Paul, you know, we we really didn't think we were going to get into a uh, a whole entire debate, but we thank you for 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 coming on and doing that. I think it was actually a lot of fun. I know, you know, it, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought that was, you know, you guys both had great points. Uh, obviously, on your side, I think we have the uh, the teams pretty well mapped out, and I think we win a two on two game too. But Paul, we really thank you for coming on, for for sharing your viewpoints, for for sharing. Uh, if if you if you want to, I mean, you, Cartel Magazine. Can can I keep your can I keep my jersey? Uh, you know, 
pick him up, look him up. He's he's got some great stuff. Very good writer, and you know speaks his mind. Paul, uh, you know anything else? We, we really appreciate you coming on. That'll do it. I got to go uh, set up for this writers' workshop that I run. So have a good night, guys, and uh, good luck with the show. All right, Paul. Thanks, thanks Paul. For coming appreciate on, Paul. it. Bye-bye. So I think we've officially lost <laughs> lost the the first time. That no, but you know what though? That, that, it's, but, it's, but it's, you know it's what? Fine. I I I think I, I think that Dave asked a, a question, and I think that kind of Paul took it the wrong way. But that's that's kind of what well here a question I, answer segment is. You know, yeah. I mean, and and there and there and there's nothing to say that we have a guest on. You have to agree with them all the and time. Yeah, and I, t- you know, I, I, mean, I have. I think you do feel like you agree. You were adamantly defending that man. Well, I, I, I who was who was here. Here's no, my Mike, thing. Were, and there's there's some. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, he, he, I'm not gonna. I'm if I, if I, my viewpoints and I've seen and my viewpoints are similar. I don't know if I'd knock Haiti, but I I'm. I think when I give a dollar, my wife walks through Center City every single day. She sees the same 15 people there every single day. There's a problem with that. There is a problem with walking through and giving money to the same 15 friggin' people who are sitting on the corner every single day. It's Why just, is that a problem for it? Why is because, that a problem? you know, here's the idea. You can go, I understand there's issues, and I understand you have psychological issues, and you may have problems, but there's people who have problems. You can do, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't like handouts. I've never taken handouts. I do not like handouts. If you are, have no money and you're going to sit there for 15, 15 straight yeah. days, if you're going to sit there for nine hours when she walks into work and when she walks out of work and you can't walk into McDonald's or you can't walk into somewhere and pick up boxes or do something for a little bit, that's a problem with our society. So why are you going to give them money? If, they can't, if they're not going to be able to utilize it properly, why are you just going to give them money? The microphone you're yelling into was a handout, by the way. Um, can we go to Tom? The, Tom, the, Tom from Tom Myers on the line. Here. Let's, oh, let's, let's get to Tom and get a little levity back there. Yeah, let's, let's get some, let's get some happiness. Let's, let's, go, let's go to Tom. Tom how are you? Hey, Tom, guys, great show tonight, as usual. Tom, uh, we have yeah, very, 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 late, very light and breezy topic tonight. You know, a lot of jokes. Great, great topic. Here's also the thing. You know, Dave and, Dave and Paul had a good debate. But Paul is the same way. Paul's not gonna not gonna write those things if he can't if he's not gonna want to stir now, up a lot of controversy. But also, and, is it like the Phil Jackson point that he just writes something to get to no, stir up controversy and get readers? I, I think he does it because that's how he feels. And Dave, I think you're it's the same thing. Like you're gonna say what's on your mind, and that's what I that's what I love about you. You say what's on your mind. You don't sugarcoat it. When we coach together and stuff, it's there, there's no need to sugarcoat it. People need to hear. This is the real world. People need to hear the truth. So that's why I think, you know, with those two personalities, both of you feel the same way. And, you 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 know, you're on opposite sides of the spectrum, but you're the same person in terms of your passion and things well, like that. Well, I wasn't trying to offend him. I just simply asked him a question on something that he had said on a blog. That's all I asked him. And he jumped and got very defensive about right. it. Now on the line with us is Tom from Palmyra, and we know and we know he's not racist. He uh Tom is Caucasian and Tom is dating a uh a, a beautiful young bl- uh, black lady. So, Tom, uh, welcome to the show. We, we prefer to call her Kublican Asian. Uh, you know, if you're going to call her by the color, that's that's no, the proper. By the way, it's Koblen Asian. Racial classification. What is it? Koblen Asian. Same with Tom. Yeah. Yeah, Koblen. Listen, who cares about your girlfriend? Listen, um, is Grand Hill a Hall of Famer? Absolutely, positively not. 
Why not? He had, he, had the poten- he had the potential to be a Hall of Famer. He had three great years, but other than that, you know, due to injury and other circumstances, and more, he was a great role player for many, many years. In more than three great years, but I think what, had, you know, well, whatever it was. I mean, he's a he's akin to Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. I mean, he's not much much better than any of those guys. And okay. 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 Is Sandy Koufax in the Hall of Fame? He didn't have, uh, you know, he had a couple, you know, four or five great years. Four or five great years. Very short career, but he was the most dominating pitcher of his era. Though was uh, Grand Hill ever most dominating player at, at any time? No. That's like saying Chris Mullen was a dominant player. But Chris Mullen's in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand that at all. Now, Clay, yeah. you remember Chris Mullen? Was he ever the best player on his own team? I mean, he, he what are you? He, him and Tim Hardaway. I think he was he was and one Mitch, of the and Mitch Richmond. Right. And, and Mitch Richmond was he ever the first option on any of those teams? No. And he's but in the Hall why, of Fame. Why is he in the Hall of Fame then, Tom? Well, like what 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 warrants him being in the Hall of Fame? It's, because it's a real, it's a nice story, you know. He overcame alcoholism, you know. He he practiced hard. He's got a really nice haircut, so they put him in the Hall of Fame. Well uh, spoken. I think also his career at St. John's helped him. Yeah. So we, so Dave, how much stock do you put in? Out of 100, percent how much stock should what percentage should uh, college ball play in? Well, it's, a, it's not more than 10 percent. It's well, it's the basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. Think about it, Bill Walton. If you just went on his NBA career, he yeah, he's oh, he's always injured. Okay, right. So okay. He, it's the basketball. That's a damn, that's a damn good point. Okay, and uh, it's the baseball Hall of Fame too. And I've never seen a baseball player get in because it's college stats. No, it's not. It's not. The, it's the major league. It's major league baseball Hall of Fame. Well, I've never seen any other. They have the college uh, Hall of Fame, but yeah. major league baseball Hall of Fame, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Mm. Well, we're not in the business well, of thinking. Case, Len, Len Bias should be in the Hall of Fame, then. Who? Len Bias should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, who had a better college career than he, he did? Uh, he should. I, I I agree with that. You got to think about it. Uh, you know, Bob Hurley's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He went in, you know, in the same, you know, like two years ago. He went in the same time Dominic Wilkins went in, I think. So it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Bob Hurley uh, is in the Hall of Fame? Yes. No, 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 The coach is not there. Not as the kid who was a stiff. No, his son. Oh, okay, gotcha. He's in the Hall of Fame. Check another one off. While I have this time, I'd like to get your address because I went to the guy, Wawa, that got you for the 20 bucks, and I would like to finally pay you back. It was a really nice gesture. Man, I was afraid to pay you for a nice bottle of velvet here for me, so I appreciate that, but I'd like to pay you back now. Tom, how's the how's the primos going? I don't even know what you're talking about there. <laughs> Tom, when are we going to be able now, to get out? I know, have... I know. In the phone, the phone pack studios, we talked about many, many topics, but I'm not sure what you're talking about there. <laughs> the phone pack studios. So, so you're of the belief that Grant now Jason Kidd is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. I mean, look at look at his stats. Look at his career. He Tom, took more three-point shots than you did, though, in your career. That's a, that's hard to do. Just that alone, you should be in the Hall of Fame for taking more outside shots than he did. Tom, I hate to I hate to interrupt you, but you you just reminded me. Since we have our one producer is on his phone texting his friend, sitting in front of the hockey game, and the other producer has his headphones off and is not even listening to what you're saying, I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, the show is brought to you tonight by Phone Pack, supplier of all great good products. <laughs> You're just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Also by Avatar South Orthopedic Associates. It's a great product. I, I eat them all the time. It's a it's a great, great. I love to have them after a good sandwich. <gasps> Kev, Kev, what are the chances we're going to be say, um, saying, 
Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Primo's Hoagie South Street. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to make sure that we we give the sponsors love. So when future sponsors are 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 listening, they can say, "Oh, these guys say the say the call again." So South Jersey Orthopedic Associates, Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates, go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs. Eight five six four two four eight eight six six and Integrated Play. If you are a professional basketball or a professional athlete looking to transition into a career, two six nine seven six zero three eight five seven. Renee Shell will hook you up. So or, if that, or if you're a professional hoagie maker. Or if you're a professional hoagie maker. Call in the night, 347-215-8126. Twitter at the match underscore upzone. Tom. You know how one of, you know how one of your uh, compadres, uh, Howard Eskin, has that uh, commercial for Ventura or whatever it's Ventura Limited. I think you, I think Craig and Mike, you, you two should have like, some kind of sponsorship from a, a clothing designer. You guys dress so snappily. We we really do dress snappily, and I, I it would have to be a big and tall. Snappily? I would say I would say uh, if uh, Rochester big and tall or uh, Did you say snappily casual male destination XL would like to sponsor the show because I that's where I buy my clothes and people make fun of me. Where do you get your clothes? I get them from tall stores. Like I and they laugh. Like right. I don't understand right. where else you're gonna get them. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go to Gap and my and wear pants that are ten sizes too tight, and then you can laugh then. Jerks. Well, why don't you just go where Mike goes? To go to the the clown store and just buy your clothes there. <laughs> now, 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 Tom, it's well documented that Tom, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> it's well documented that uh, that uh, that John Elway's your favorite quarterback, right? Yeah, it's it. But not he's no. not the best, but he's my favorite. Well, who's the best in your opinion? The best of all time. Yes. Uh. Uh, you have to go Joe Montana, but Marino is right there, though. Well, Marino was, took a, a, a bunch of nobodies and, and, and made them winners. Was Marino a Montana great, had Hall of Famers all around him. Marino a great quarterback or a great passer? He was a great quarterback. He had nobody on his team. Name one Hall of Famer on his team. You can't. I can name well, six Hall of Famers on Montana's teams. Or name one Hall of Famer on, uh, on Tom Brady's teams. Deion Branch? He's on his way. Who? Junior, the defense. There's a, yeah, but on offense, them. but he's not throwing to the defense. Who, 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 who's his? Who's uh, his? I don't know. There's a, that one guy named Randy Moss. Uh, how about him? Is he going to make it to the Hall of Fame? He won a championship that year. How about his? How, how, about, his his how about his offensive uh, line? Are any of them going? Yeah, right. How about those guys? Yeah, three of those guys will make the Hall of Fame. Who? Will Fork, <laughs> Mal Kilk, uh, Johansson, and Stevenson. They're all going to make it. Talking about you just you just named Detroit Red Red Wings uh, front line the eighty seven uh, <laughs> Stanley Cup line. <laughs> I, I understand I understand your point, but come on now, Brady had a lot more to work with than Marino had in his career. If, if you D- were Duper honest Clayton, about, you would Duper admit that. Duper and Clayton were no stiffs. No, they weren't. For four or five years, they were pretty damn good. Right. So he was talking to Dion Branch and um, who was the other who was the other receiver, Dave. Uh, who's, the other, who's the other receiver? Who's the other receiver? That, um, wait one of those interns up and tell him to look on Google. Brady. Brady. Uh, he threw to Deion Branson. Who was the other guy? Get right. Spark Gaffney? No, 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 no. It wasn't Spark Gaffney. I mean, it might have been. Do but these I'm interns really get college credit for sleeping on the job? They're, I'm telling you, they're they're not even paying attention. Neither of them are on the computer. Who played cornerback too? He the went and played. He, it was Deion Branch. <laughs> yes, the show is still going on. Deion Branch and Zeke. Do me a favor. Look up. Uh, Look up. Uh, so annoyed. Look oh, up Tom uh, Brady. Uh, how about Wes Welker? Is Wes Welker any good? 
He's good. He's not Hall of Famer. If you Google Tom Brady. He's not Hall of Famer, but he led the league in receptions for three years. That ain't bad. Google the 2003 Patriots roster. You're just gonna, since I made a valid point, you're just going to talk over it? I mean, there's two guys, two great receivers. Yeah, what more do you want? You said Montana's throwing the Hall of Famers. Brady's not throwing the Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's true. Well, Randy Moss, yeah, you're right. Randy Moss isn't that good. You're right. Randy Moss was not on his championship team. Talking about, yeah, talking about that's the point. That's the point. He had a Hall of Fame receiver, and he still didn't win a Super Bowl. The only time he won a Super Bowl is when they were cheating. When they were cheating, that's very rotten scoundrels. Well, wait a second. And yes, a second. I, and yes I did say snappily. Yes, I said snappily. Well, is when he had to hop on Terrell Davis's back. Right? Zeke, Zeke, go, Zeke, go back to staring at Chara's uh, crotch. <laughs> now, now Tom, now Tom from Palmyra is a big. He thinks LeBron's going to go down as a better player than Jordan. That's all. Not after about. tonight's game, he's not. What do you mean? <laughs> not, not after he chokes tonight, he's not going to. He he lost that. Um, did you see the line on tonight's game though? Miami's seven point favorites. That doesn't work well for the Pacers. I'm surprised. There's actually half the crowd is already there, which is surprising for a Miami Heat game. It's a, it's a, so what, Pacers, what would that tell your hero, Mikey Miss? What would that line tell you, uh, Mike? Mikey Miss? Mine is telling something. Dwayne Wade. Well, uh, Mike, do you pat yourself more after Mikey Miss or Callan Cowherd, whatever his name is? <laughs> Dude, Colin Cowherd is great. Style? What's your style more reminiscent of? D- Dave Allen will, they'll agree. Colin Cowherd's great. Yeah, they do love. I'm a big Dan Patrick guy. I love I love Dan Patrick. That's the show I watch all the time. I'm a big Tam, yeah, Dan. Who? Dan Patrick. He's awesome. He's just yeah. he's. Who? Hey. Dan Patrick. Yeah, he knows who I mean, he is. Dan Patrick, he, yeah, Dan Patrick. He's funny <laughs> and he and he knows sports inside and out. What's that? He knows sports inside and out, and he keeps it funny. The show's pretty funny. Uh, Dwayne Wade's got the first two points. He's coming out to make a point. He's got the first five or four. He's four. He's on Miami. Okay. Um, all right, well, Tom, listen, are you busy tonight? I'm going to sit back, uh, you know, have a couple. Um, I might get grab myself a hoagie and watch this game. It'll be a good game to watch. Tom, let us know when and we wa- can. And watch, and watch it down with a nice foam-packed beverage. <laughs> Tom, we'll we'll be in touch. We want to get into uh, Primo South Street. So if 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 it's like the the fanatics friend. So if you're the 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 Primo's hoagie friend, uh, let us know when we can get into Primo South Street. Well, next time I want an intellectual study on world economics and poverty rates and uh, disasters, I will be sure to give you two a call because you two are very very schooled in the subject. Yeah, not not so much me or Mike. Dave and, Dave and Paul. And Dave and Paul, yeah. We should try right. to see if Paul will come on for a weekly segment. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's ever going in again. Well, if you're going to get Dave and Paul on the show next time, uh, make sure you get Ringo on, too. All right, I'm not, good night, guys. <laughs> There's no Dave in the Beatles. Take care, Craig. No question. See it works is Paul. By the way, this is this this game early on is what not... The, what just happened? Did it was a botched alley but... Dwayne Wade, I'm kind of watching from afar here in the studio. Dwayne Wade, they are. You have an 80 inch TV. You're really, does, we're does, really not watching from afar. Does that say 18 minutes or 19 or nine minutes or eight minutes left? Eight minutes and four, 13 seconds. Well, left. LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade has about four shots, four shot attempts already, and Bosch already has two points. So I think they're trying to make a. I think, uh, you know, for LeBron saying, um, 
He went. He reverted back to his Cleveland days. I think these guys are taking it as a shot, and I think uh, well, they're they out should. to prove something tonight. Well, it's ridiculous. This and here goes Bosch again oh, to the basket. See, and this is why why it's laughable to think that Bosch is a Hall of Famer. And he was decent. He was like he no, was, he was better decent. He was twenty two and ten. Hold on, he, he was, was he was the guy who was dressed like a cowboy, trying to, like a car salesman, trying to buy about a, 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 a trip to the Hall of Fame. He was like on, standing up, trying to make people vote for him so he can get into the All Star game. That's what he was doing. Speaking, he, speaking of All Star games, I think Don Brown's on his way to the All Star game. You know, and this is I was hoping we would get the baseball because well, we just did. Okay, good, good segue. Uh, the you know what's funny and it's it's. The MLB draft is coming up, and it, I couldn't care more or less. Like there's, it's like it's come think, on, come I, on, Kev. Wichita State has some good players this year. I think it's the the draft. I think hockey is more interesting because every once in a while you'll you'll find that that Sidney Crosby and there's the guy this year who's like 17 who they predicting yep, to yep. be the next Crosby. The hockey draft at least is a little interesting, but oh here we I'm go. I'm curious where you get your information from because Sports Illustrated. That's just false. Wait, the, the top NHL prospect this year is a defenseman. No, the, he's. I don't think he's going to be in the draft this year. I think he's going next year. Okay, well, but he's like 16 years old or 15 years old, and they're predicting he's like going to be the next uh, Gretzky. That's the thing about hockey. You find your prospects really young because in yeah. Canada you start hockey at a really young age. Yeah, well, what do you think about I have a couple of Mets buddies, Mets uh, fans of buddies, and they're making a big deal that the Mets swept the Yankees. When push comes to shove, they're still a bad baseball team. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice little it's a nice little ride during the season, but they're still bad. I, they're yeah. What? Yeah, but, but here's the thing: it's the little things. As a Phillies fan, and you talked about Dominic Brown. As a Phillies fan, you're not going anywhere this year. You kind of are aware. You're still holding off hope that they can turn it around, but you're not going anywhere. But, yeah, but you look at Dominic Brown, and you look at what he's doing, and it's something to get excited about. Right. This year, I'm excited you, to watch Dominic Brown. Do you feel like Brown. the Phillies can go on a seven game win streak? I just don't think like it's a long season. I mean, it, when Holiday comes back, maybe, but I don't know if he's coming back. I mean, you just—I don't think I'm going to base uh, a, an automatic win with with Tyler Cloyd or yep. And, and Cole Hamels, I think he's going to turn around. I think Hamels is actually going to have a good second half. I just—I—he's pitched so well. He's going to have a good second half. It's going to calm down, and I think he'll have a good second half of the season and be successful. However, Cliff Lee's p- pitching well. I don't. I, I mean, he's going to be trade bait. The Phillies are dangling him out there, I'm sure. Like it's a, a carrot. Exactly, because they they need help. Here's the problem with baseball. It's a long season. The Philly, you know, your team could pitch back-to-back no-hitters, and then the third game of the season, the third game of the series, you can give up a broken bat infield hit and lose one nothing, and you picked up one game in the standings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a long season. And... To me, the, I, I don't think it's Phillies. The Phillies need new life. They need young players. Their farm system is depleted. Um, you know, Rubens really left the cover bare, and I, I think that they need a fresh. They need they need an infusion of young players. Yeah. I mean, Don Brown. This is a nice thing Don Brown is doing. Um, but I, when you have that much money tied up in the three or four players, it's uh, a disaster. You know, yeah. It's a disaster in a couple of years. I mean. Two years from now, we're going to be paying Ryan Howard almost twenty-six million dollars a year. Ryan Howard, and uh, I mean, there's going to be there's a fool out there. Chase Utley's done. Chase Utley's done after this year. And there's there's someone out there who I think, and I think that's going to be the big trade ship is Ryan Howard because there's someone out there who will use him as a DH. And, and, and not not if Kev, 
I, think of it. Not if he had 20 home runs. I mean, if he has 30, 35 home runs, yeah. But if he has 20, 18 to 20 home runs, yeah, but he's, he's getting, picking up that contract. He's getting, like, he's getting to the point where it's like, I think he wants to be a DH. He doesn't want to stand in the field. He just wants to step up the bat and hit. And that's and it will make his life easier. I mean, he's not he's not working the field. He's not standing for for half the game. He's sitting in the dugout. He's walking up. He's taking his cuts and he's he's, he's going. He, I think that helps a lot. And I think Howard, there's going to be a Yankees or there's going to be hurts, yeah, but Angels thing, or someone who's going to pay him a lot of money. Yeah, but here's the thing he always has going against him. He can't hit left-handers. Dominic Brown has a higher batting average this year against left-handers. Ryan Howard cannot hit left-handers. And to me, if I'm a general manager, I'm not paying a guy $26 million if I have to sit him down against a lefty. Yeah. You're right. You know, I just just don't – I just – you know, Edgar Martinez, you didn't have to sit him down against right-handers. You know, the great – Harold Baines, you didn't have to sit him down against lefties. He could hit – you know, if you're a great hitter, you can hit left-handers or right-handers. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, you're right. Miguel Cabrera. Well, yeah, you're, you're also comparing to the best in the business right well, now. Well, Ryan Howard's getting paid like the best in the business. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I think, uh, ooh, Chippy already. David West throwing Boston. Yeah, Bosch, who is that? Wade or Bosch? I don't know, but David, you know, but Bosch, David West got, has really become a nice player. Bosch is, Bosch is soft, man. Uh, he, he like, I, see, I don't like Bosch because. He like makes a play. He made that N one, and he like screams like, yeah, dude, that, just do no, what you're know, supposed to do. You're not that good where you're where you're you can you can go and just be like LeBron doesn't scream every time. LeBron will scream when he makes a ridiculous when he well, dunks over well, the entire team. Well, Bosh isn't doing that. LeBron, and LeBron lays the ball with no time left to win game one, and there he didn't crack a smile. No, it's because it's all business, and that's what I, I don't. I'm starting to really dislike Bosh. I don't even mind the Heat. A lot of people don't want the heat to, to no, win. I don't mind the heat. And we're talking about racism, racism in sports. The the Indiana Pacers are a very – the, the white population definitely likes them. But you look at the floor. Who do they have – what white guy do they have? Hansborough? But a lot of the white fans – and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of the white fans root for the Pacers. But but it's this – why? Because Hansborough? Well, I think a lot. Some of the reasons they just don't like LeBron and how everything went down with the Heat. Uh huh. You know, some of it's that, but I I don't know. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe it's I the mean, Midwestern they don't really have thing. A white star on their team. Is it no. so. Is it me, or is Lance Stevenson always look like he's out of control? Like I I I was screaming at my TV the other day. He's just out of control. I, I feel like he's one on four fast breaks, taking untimely shots, bad shots. I mean, he's gonna hit a couple shots, but. I mean, last game he really he really just takes untimely. I mean, here's a here's a tough and, and as I'm saying it, he hits a tough pull up uh, 19 footer with a guy in his face. Uh, but um, you know, I think Indiana for Indiana had to win that this game cannot get to 90 points. No. And right now it's this, this is a fa- that way. this is a fast paced game right now. Um, but if Miami starts getting out in transition, it's going to be lights out. I think. Uh, well, the, the Pacers have to get easy baskets too. That they have to look the run. I mean, I, I know they want to slow the pace down, but they have to look the run. Well, the Pacers are interesting because they 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 they're both. I mean, they'll they'll get out and get you in transition. I mean, you got you got uh, Paul George, you got George Hill. I mean, those two they they flat out fly. But then you're able to slow things down, get the ball in the West, get the ball in the Hibbert, and slow things down. So they're 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 a fun team to watch because they are. They're methodically slow sometimes, and then they can just blow by you. I mean, they're they're running transition against the Heat, who are probably the best transition team in the league. 
Yeah. If Haslam, I'm going to tell you right now, if Haslam gets double-digit points, the Pacers aren't winning. Haslam looks crazy, by the way. If He just looks he, – he, he looks crazy. Well, like, he's got crazy eyes. The dreads. Is it me? No, is it me? Every time I look at Eric Spolstra, I, th- I just think he's in over his head. I don't yeah, know. To he, me, like he looks y- too young. No, I, I just think like if he, he doesn't know how to make adjustments, like if LeBron's not dom, if they're not dominating, I, I feel like they he, he can't make adjustments to get back to the game. Where, where Frank Vogel, I think he can. He's a very good tactician. He can make adjustments. Eric Spolstra. Every time I look at him, I just think he's in over his head. He looks. He he has that look, like you said. Like there's that that like. Like what do I? Oh, oh no, crap! Oh, oh, oh crap! Yeah, yeah, like oh no, LeBron's not. LeBron doesn't have a double, a, a, a triple double. It's oh, like crap. it's like a bad poker player. Like he's he's yeah, holding, he's yeah. holding like he's holding he's holding a he's, full house and right. and he's just like uh, he, he's like tripping from his yeah, head. Like I, I can't I can't I can't control myself. It's like he's he's a little he is. It seems like he's a little in over his head. And I'll agree with that with that statement. Uh oh, there's a fan. Hibbert. Uh, Hibbert. There's yes. a there's a Miami fan in his uh his skin oh Jesus look at that uh, guy in his in his skinny skinny khakis and uh, yeah, looking at pink looking at pol- looking at Brian polo. Shaw why can Brian Shaw not get a head job and you know, really I mean he's been he's been a top assistant he's oh, been assistant all over the place I think, he, I think he is going to get one of the jobs open there are four jobs open right now I think I, I, I mean it's about time when when is this guy going to get a job and they're saying I was, I was surprised he didn't get the Lakers job they're saying George Carl's up for uh they're saying George Carl's up for the um it looks like Lionel Hollins uh, once out of um, Memphis, and George Carl um, looks like he's going to be out of Denver, and they're saying they might flip flop jobs. Well, you hear Jerry Sloan is looking to looking like looking to come back for the Jazz. They've announced and, 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 and re-signed and Darren Williams. Yeah, he's uh, a great coach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Jazz. Oh, jeez, the Jazz are, are definitely a talented team. Uh, I think Jerry Sloan is one of the best in the businesses. The business that will be interesting to see him come back. Yeah, Jerry Sloan's a no, a no nonsense guy, and I think when that whole thing went down with Darren Williams, he just said, "You know what? Th- this league has gotten away from me." I mean, when players are telling coaches um, what to do and kind of controlling things, I think that's when Jerry Sloan said, "You know what? My time's up," because he's an old school kind of. Uh, we're going to do things my way, and when players start dictating it, I think he, that's what. Dave, no. Well, no, but I think the players have always been doing that. I mean, Magic Johnson, you know, did that. He, he you know, he got Paul Westhead fired from the. Right. Lakers. I mean, and Jordan got Doug Collins fired. Right. So, uh, but, but I, I think it was a little bit. No, no, is now is Darren Williams, Magic Johnson, or Michael Jordan? What clout? I agree. Uh, what clout does he have? Well, no, I agree. No, I agree. And it was interesting. I think uh, Jerry Sloan was looking at that that Brooklyn Nets job. Uh, they were looking at him at at, at some point. So. You know, is is it is it me or does everything seem to be setting up like LeBron's going back to Cleveland? No, there's no if way. If they don't, you know, there is a way. There's no if they way. don't win this year, if they lose this year, you have some good. You know, you have you have you have Kyrie Irving. If you can somehow land Wiggins or somebody like that, yes, Zeke. Number one pick in the draft, yeah. Wiggins, or no, Wiggins. this year. Uh, um, oh, uh, oh, Noel. it's uh, it's Noel, yeah, yeah, but. You know, get some young guys, and he returns home, comes full circle. He's the savior, wins him a championship, and all's right in Cleveland again. Uh, there's, it's never uh, – Cleveland will ne- – all will never be well in Cleveland ever. Why? It's just like – it's just the, I think Cleveland, Cleveland is one of those teams that, like, they almost root for their teams to be bad so they have something to complain about. Like, they're always bad. Like, look at Major League. Like, they, it's like they, they want to be bad. Just so they can have the label of being like the lovable losers. 
That was oh, it was Boston for a long time before yeah. the Patriots and Red yeah, Sox picked it up. But they were the lovable losers. I mean, look at Cleveland. Like, it's it's if we were a Cleveland fan, it's like you have pride in the fact that you're a loser. You have the Browns who moved away and then came back. You have the Cavaliers. You have the Indians. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough town to be a sports fan in. But they they they're so passionate because they love the lovable loser tag. I just don't think LeBron's coming back. I mean, I think there was too many effigies burned in his name. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all setting up like he, you know, if they lose this year, I don't know. I think, uh, yes, Zeke. If you're a Cleveland fan, do you welcome him back with open arms? Put yourself in their shoes. Without question. Yes. I mean, mean, yes. Yes. When you're getting LeBron James back, yes. (laughs) This is where, see, this is where I think the lovable loser thing. Some people are going to, are gonna almost wish he he like he 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 pulls a, another press conference and Cleveland's in the running and then he picks like the Bulls or something like just to yeah. be just so let, they can be like let, let me let me look tell how you. look how terrible let me tell you, let me tell you how terrible our lives are let me tell you something if you get the best player in the world coming back to play for you like LeBron James all that burn his jersey and effigy that all goes out the window oh I, I agree they welcome him back with open arms and oh I never wanted to I would never burn your jersey. I never did this, and I always loved you, and this and that. Then they'll be like, "Yeah, pull out my Cleveland twenty-three jersey because he's going to be wearing six. Yeah, right. And he's, yeah, oh, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I gave it to Goodwill. That's right. Sure That's right. Um, liars. Cleveland. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I overall though tonight, I think, I think Dave and Paul had a nice little debate I think there. It was, I think it was a good debate. I mean, you know, it was getting heated at times, and. I, I think I could see Dave getting but, Dave uh, going going getting a little into it and look look when you come on a show mm-hmm. all right and and I necessarily wasn't going to I, listen I had that in my hip pocket but when he made the comment that Roy Hibbert he's Roy Hibbert is representing the Indiana Pacers you know what uh, 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 Stephen Jackson was representing the Indiana Pacers you just can't act any way you want to act. You represent pushing the limit. You represent Cherry Hill East. You can't act any way you want to act. Right. And he was basically saying individuals should be able to act the way they want to act. Then I brought up the comments that he made. All right. He took offense to it, taking personal shots at me. What have I written and all those things? So I had to clarify that. Uh, okay. And then. Can you clarify again what he was, he, written. Was, he was representing ESPN at the time. That's all. Hey, listen. I, I didn't send my money. Hey, I didn't. I didn't hey, necessarily send my money out either. Don Don Imus got got suspended for two weeks for something he said. I mean, you just can't say. You know how many how many people on ESPN and guys uh, Harold Reynolds? How many people have been fired and and suspended for stuff? Like you can't say certain stuff when you work for an organization. You're like you said. You represent you represent Cherry Lee's. Right. So you can't go around just saying anything because there's going to be repercussions. Cherry Lee's going to say, "Yo, right? I can't act any way I want to. I'm representing. You know and." You know, and I agreed with Kevin, and I don't disagree. I don't necessarily agree with disagree with Paul. Mm-hmm. I disagree with the fact that he's knocking somebody when they're down. Mm-hmm. That's what. If he had said those things about Haiti or a third world country or a, a person, uh, a certain subculture, this that's fine. You don't knock somebody when they're down. I mean, to, to make a name. Basically, he's trying to get publicity. That's what he's trying to do. You don't say things like that. Go to his blog and read it. You don't say things like that unless you're trying to get publicity. That's mm-hmm. all. And we, and we, and listen, we would be disingenuous. We talked about Skip Bayless beforehand. What, what, what Skip Bayless says on a daily basis is not even come close to what this guy said. Read his blog. Read his blog. Seriously, not even close. He does. He he does. He's he has. He definitely has some uh, opinionate. By the way, 
Dominic, Dominic Brown, I think, just, just hit another homer. He went Yahtzee. Home drive! <laughs> Yahtzee? Let's see here. Check it out. I, I'm just on Twitter, uh, I, I, and I'm, just, it, I'm seeing, yeah, like, the 16 was, doms. Yeah, I know I'm a guest here. I, when I, I did. I, I took a step back after the, the Paul Shirley thing. Does Dominic Brown have one of the sweetest swings? When he, he does. Hits, oh my! When he hits it, when he hits it hard, I mean, he he it is. It's like Daryl. It's just like poet. It's it's that skinny, but he's like so Phil, fluent. Fills up five. It's not a nice Ken Griffey Jr. swing. Fills up five two, and Dominic Brown went yard Jeez. seventeen in the sixth inning, as well as uh, Kratz. Kratz went yard. Dude, those two are going back to back like it's. Did the Phillies wait too long for Dominic Brown? I need to give him an opportunity. Well, yeah. Did they wait too long? Yes. Well, yes. wait a second. Yes. Well, yes. Yes. Kev, yes. Kev, 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 did they wait too long? I mean, for two years, this guy was supposed to be the best prospect in baseball for two years. Okay. He, he couldn't play. No, here's the thing. And he off for Ryan Howard. Here's, here's what I'll tell you. When, as an athlete, when you're, when you're getting toyed and stringed down and strung up and it's like, here, you, ha- you have to prove yourself and you have. 20 days to do so because so and so because Raul Abanez is going to come back from injury. Go now. It's okay. it's it, yeah, but it's tough to get that to immediately go and be like I'm going to be the man. I'm the one who's going to steal the show. You it's it's you're a rookie. You're you're young. You're still trying to get your feet in major league, son. Yeah, but he if he walked in and said, you know what, Dom, we're you're the prospect of our future. You've grown and grown since you were the 20th round pick. Uh, you're going to be we're going to put you in there and you're going to be our starting left fielder. And that they could have done that as opposed to saying we're going to platoon you. Right. They could have but, said Dominic Brown, you're our starting left fielder. This is the, what's happening until if you can't produce, you are losing that position. But they they constantly said you are platooning with him. You're going to get some time here, some time here. As an athlete, that messes with your mind. It, it does, Kevin. But you know what? This is the professionals, and this isn't high school bass. This isn't high school sports. Yeah, you're a professional baseball player. If you're not producing, you're not playing. Yeah, but That's it, the bottom line. I mean, the guy couldn't hit, so you had to platoon him. Yeah, but he, you you didn't give him a chance to to tell him. Give him two and a half years. You didn't give him two and a half years. You didn't give him two and a half years as a starter. You gave him, you gave him, you gave him ten games as a starter, and then you pulled him out. And it's like if you're if you're going to need to produce. I mean, th- yes, you're a, you're a professional athlete, but if you're the future of the franchise, which they all said he was, then you need to give him. Then you need to make him the future of the franchise. You need to say you are a starter. Oh Jesus, that was a nice move. You are a starter, and this is what it's. This is how it's going to be. There's no if ands or buts. Your your it's your job until you lose it. That's what yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I think is was the problem with Dominic Brown when you strung him along and you brought him up and you danced around, bring him up, bring him back down. Then he wasn't hitting in Triple A because his confidence is down. But I mean, we talked oh, about I, how I, how much confidence plays a role into into professional athletics. It does, but I mean, I I guess I don't know. I I just think when you're a major league player, it's it's different than being a minor league player. It's different than high school. It's different than college. You know, you you make money on wins and losses, and if you have somebody in there who's not producing, they're not playing. I, I mean, you know, look at our our exposures. Right? He was just searching. I mean, Mike Miller, who who hasn't played law this series, got in the game. Joel Anthony's in the game. I know I know Chris Anderson's out, but he's just scratching his head looking for any kind of answers to win, because he knows his job's on the line, and you know it's now do or die. And if they don't produce, they're not winning. Isn't Chris Anderson playing tonight? He should be. He's, he's playing tonight, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's playing tonight. He played the other night. No, he I, got I, the... You know, I agree. That's a tough argument uh, there. Mm-hmm. That one. So, it's, you know, it's interesting. But we we really want to uh, wrap it up tonight. Uh, we want to thank Dave Allen for coming in, uh, being being our guest in studio, having a great time as always. Uh, 
his insight on, on all these issues was a lot of fun. We want to thank Paul Shirley for calling in and uh, giving his, us his perspective and, and engaging in the debate and being, you know, being a good, being a good sport about it. Because, well, you know, I'll talk to him after this and, you know, tell, talk about, you know, this is probably he probably enjoyed that. He, he he's not going to write it if he's not going to if he doesn't like defending his his viewpoint. So we'd like to thank him. Uh, you know, we'd also like to thank our sponsors, Foam Pack. Uh, we are just a foam call away, supplier of all Graco products, 888-458-2928. Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzer for all your orthopedic needs. I got a million ways to get it. Uh-huh. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back, bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one, on to the next, I'm on to the next one, on to the next, I'm on to the next one, on to the next, I'm on to the next one, 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 on to the next one,